I'm recording everything right now, Aaron, so you can start your action whenever you want. Mics are hot. Done. Done and done. Griffin done. <laughs> Griffin and done and dunner. After hours, right? Griffin done. Yeah. After hours. And the same. Who's, who's chasing Madonna or whatever the hell that movie was called? <laughs> Uh-oh, I'm Susan. <laughs> right? Uh-oh. Uh, welcome to Ear and Loathing. We're just laughing over here because we realized that, like this, certainly the sound of ha, and then and then this the song itself made, reminded us of uh, Peter O'Toole and Richard, and Richard Harris. Harris doing their karate moves. <laughs> Take that! Hiya, <laughs> swarthy dog. Pete, Pete, you get your gi. Where's your geese? Where's your gi, man? I can't fight you in jeans. <laughs> <laughs> so hey you are here at, at ear and loathing and uh what is this oh my god you know this elevator goes to the 13th floor Lucky 13 episode 13 <laughs> with the gitmo bros the number one rockers forever are here and ready to entertain you now sitting next to me is our resident media darling uh please introduce yourself I'm George White, and when I say number one, you say rockers forever. Number one. Rockers forever. That's right. I guess Aaron forever. doesn't feel the same. <laughs> he's, yeah, forever. He's not, he's, he's not quite on board with, the, with that uh, number one rockers forever. Uh, forever is speak- a long, long time. <laughs> it, it is. It's a long time. It's, it could be a burden. I mean, imagine you know? rocking forever, dude. I, I do all the time. I, yeah, I love it. <laughs> Uh, and of course, speaking of of Aaron, he's he's uh he's what what the hell is he? Oh, he's the uh, Yeoman star. Purser of the North Star. He's my North Star. He's George's North Star. He's officially my North Star. Yes, he's he's society and culture's North Star. Please introduce yourself. Bring hello, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I call. I pick up the phone. I call. You pick up the phone. Somebody picks up the phone. <laughs> and deals are made. That's right. A bargain is struck. <laughs> and speaking of of uh, Aaron being here at Ear and Loathing, you know what you know what it is. We're we're starting another trip around the sun. That's right. Another yeah, another cycle. Another, another cycle, cycle around the sun. And Aaron is in the torture chamber, which is uh, always fun. And that also means that Aaron gets to choose a topic of discussion. And so let's mosey on down with with the uh, with the uh, Clem Clemson to Clem Clemson's house and see what he has to say about uh, this uh, arriving here Howdy, at this Clem. little at this little alcove we like to call. Hi there, welcome to Kibitz Corner. Hey Clem. Hi there. Oh, shut up, man! We're not as welcome. Hi, right. Jesus. <laughs> like Aaron says, sometimes irritating and sometimes. <laughs> and you were you were quick on the trigger there, Damon. <laughs> very. Yeah, I know. Like, very. Shut, shut that up, guy Clem. Down. I mean, there's three hosts of this show, not four. <laughs> Clem's got to realize he's a special guest. He just he can't just show up whenever he wants. 
Yeah, it's right. not fear and loathing and loathing and loathing. <laughs> or or ear and loathing. Which is, <laughs> whatever you know. the fuck. Whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> whatever the fuck she is. <laughs> Fucking angel. So Aaron, uh yeah. let us know what we're what we're uh what are we cutting discussing. Up? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about uh 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 rad rock events in my life and um then I was just I was just marveling about how when 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 rock is top notch when you're in a top a top notch event and uh, how good it feels and then suddenly there it's just it's just how mind blowing a great show can be and sometimes you're caught off guard sometimes you're at a show that you're not fucking interested in and all of a sudden it blows you away yeah um and then other times it's it satisfies every need that you need it to you expected it to be rad and it is rad and it changes your life and so I thought that was something that uh, now that our uh, our our podcast is a man uh, or a woman, <laughs> um, that we we or should, undecided, yeah, or yeah, uh, not 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 committed, and uh, like what? And as a man, you can reflect back on 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 uh, on times of of your and think about what your favorite show that you ever saw was now i realized that that's that's a big question and you know yeah. things can have all kinds of different uh shades to it and i know that there are probably four on my list that all jostle around for that number one spot so i figured that i would ask you guys because i truly don't know the answer for as long as i've known you both i i don't know that i know that answer and i thought that uh, this would tell the uh, listeners a bit about us as individuals that we actually haven't covered yet. So uh, I want to know what your fave shows were of all time. Okay, George. Yes. Y- let's start with you and your and sure. some of your favorite concerts. Um. Well, now, Aaron, this could be like a small club to you know anything, literally Coliseum, anything, right? Like, okay. Where was your mind blown the most of shows? And I understand that this changes as people get older and their memory sure. changes and whatever. But like, if you had to answer this question for money, what would it be? Right. Okay. So, um, obviously, uh, the the, fir- the show that blew me away the most was the first time I saw Kiss at the Forum when I was 11 years old. When you were heckling Cheap Trick? Yes, when I was heckling Cheap Trick. Yeah. Exactly. But the best show I've ever seen, that really, because that one doesn't particularly count because it's the first thing I ever saw and I was out of my mind like the Beatles were on stage, is I saw Prince play at the House of Blues, like in one of those concerts where it starts at one in the morning and it, after the Grammys... And somehow I got invited from my friend Dave Flad, and it was the whole thing where he played every instrument, and it was just incredible. And I was, and we got there before everybody, and I was right against the stage. Wow! And it was incredible. It was just the most. It was he played for three hours. Everyone was there. It was just fucking incredible. I've yeah. never seen anyone perform like that ever in my life. It was just. It was absolutely so. Hands down, that's your hands down. That's the best show. Best show I've ever seen Mm -hmm. was him that close in in that House of Blues in in the first row. The exposure to yeah, exposure to radness, which which is honestly, George, it just confuses me more because how on earth could you have a question about him as a guitar player and uh, having had that experience? (laughs) Whatever. Well, whatever. Moving on. (laughs) Personal opinion. I brought that up to see how you guys felt about it because I discussed it previously with Bingo about if Prince was a good guitar player or not. I think he is. Mm-hmm. Although I don't, 
he did play guitar that night, but I was more impressed with everything else he did, which right. I have a memory of. But I mean, he played keyboards, he danced, he it was fucking. You were an exposure to the artist as, and especially like in an at ease setting, it's uh, it's yeah. fucking must have been super nuts. VIP, like nobody, right. you know. In fact, we watched him sound check because my friend Dave Fled called me at eleven thirty or something at night and went, "Hey, um." Do you want to come see Prince? Um, and I'm like, yeah, I want to go fucking see Prince. <laughs> and 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 it was because you'd heard about these shows where he would show up at one o'clock in the morning and whatever and play till five. And it was all like mystery and legend. But yeah. then when you saw it and so we got there and we were the first ones in the whole venue and the whole new power generation was outside in line waiting to get in. And we just walked past because Dave had done the lighting. For he the, makes his band. The wait band in line. was waiting in line. No, no, no. The the what what's what's isn't the name of the fan club the New Power Generation? Oh no, it's the band. <laughs> oh, it's also why, the band. It's all, well, I know it's also the band, but it's what a dick. the the revolution yeah, was yeah, busing tables. Th- this is how VIP it was, you guys. This is how wow. VIP. I'm just don't mess up my story. I this is how Jesus. VIP it was. The New Power Generation were was not allowed in, and me and my friend Dave Flad sound checked with Prince. I played the drums and the keys. <laughs> He just, like said, odd make, night. he just said, make some noise. And I did. And they got the levels and it was fine. And <laughs> an odd, odd night. Out but, but, House of but we got in. We, we got Talk in about right blues. Away. Blues for the band who can't even come in to soundtrack. That's blues. <laughs> Isn't this fan club the new power generation? May, maybe. But I thought they were. Maybe he thinks, maybe there's this kind of catch all. But for a long time, I've only known the new power generation as, as the band, the band yeah. after right. the revolution. Hmm. Yeah, no, I think you're right, George. That it's, it's, the fan club was something like that. Because yeah. okay. it was just, I mean, if there is such a thing, and there is such a thing, because I saw them, because you think of everyone who likes Prince as super cool. But these were like fucking Prince nerds, and they're all in line. Yeah. You know, because they got the first dibs on like whatever they were. And, and so they were in line, and we went past them, and they all kind of looked at us like, what? But uh, I, I, we did. I remember going into that House of Blues and no one's in there. No one except a few security guys and then they're and they're sound checking. But out of respect or maybe fear, we didn't walk up to the front of the stage. We stayed back by the bar like they're sound checking. Don't go near them now. It's, yeah. it's band business. Don't fucking go up there and gawk at them. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get thrown out. Like, Nobody wants that. to get hollered at by Prince, dude. No, they don't. He was all in like the red. That was during the period of time with like the zoot suits, like all red oh, with yeah. like a red hat and everything. Yeah. And, and he looked like that. And, and I will say that I did think because you don't ever think of this because you're never in the first row. Or I never have been where you're standing right at the stage where the stage is right here at the level of your shoulders, say. And I remember thinking, um, because I'd worn high heel boots in in high school, you know, because I was a glam rocker. You wore them to your first gig, as I recall. I did. I did. <clears throat> These were different boots, but yeah, I, I wore high heel boots to my to uh, to high school and everything. And I knew how that felt and how it was hard to walk in them, and you had to learn how to do it. And and in fact, I got high heel boots not because of glam rock, because of um, I because Des Dickerson. I wanted to be like Des Dickerson, <laughs> and so. But I remember when you're standing there, you're looking at his feet a lot. Yeah. And he had these, and he, they were the kind that had the, um, like the kids with roller skates, like they had lights in the heels. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I was looking at him and, and I did think, I started doing the math in my head and I'm, I don't know how old he was. And I'm like, I think Prince is like 42 or whatever he was. I don't know what year. This was early 2000s. I don't know when, but I thought, 
geez, that's got because he was doing all the splits and the whole business, and I was like, that's gotta hurt. That's gotta fucking mm. hurt. Like, and that ended up what was his undoing. Yeah, was that? It really was. <laughs> I remember thinking that because you're looking at his feet so much, or yeah. up at him. And it was just, I, you know, I have no, nothing more to say other than it was just an incredible show. You guys can imagine what the, just, he did everything. They did jams that he played every instrument. It was just, it was a tour de force. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. Mm-hmm. I think Chuck drove by the House of Blues and rolled down his window and said, that's a real tour de force for Prince. <laughs> Who's Chuck? I don't get it. His, his, Aaron's it's my father. Dad. Oh, Aaron's <laughs> dad. So I didn't you know. know. That's right. The tour de force. What, you, what was the comment about? The bass, Paul McCartney's bass line in uh, I Want For- You. It's a tour de force. For Paul, yeah. <laughs> and you, Damon. I think I, as I got older and became more experienced as a musician, as somebody who has to present a, a show on stage, my assessment of bands changed and stuff. Oh, yeah, it does. Uh, <laughs> meaning... Like you, sometimes you can't believe that a band, those four guys, just hypothetical guys, band I'm seeing, can make that sound. Yeah. And and you're like, and I'm in bands and I have more guys than that and I can't do what those four guys are doing. And then another aspect of that would be like, I can't believe that person who makes this incredible music is able to replicate it on stage with musicians because you're just, you're, and so this certainly would be in my top three. When I saw Jeff Lynn at the, uh, at the oh. Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. You know, I don't think they were, I'm, I'm sure there were synthesizers being used, but <laughs> I like the quotes synthesizers. Meaning, yeah. Well, you know, he, ELO was known for all those cellos and everything. Right. And, and, and uh, I don't know how yeah. they achieved that on stage in the, in the seventies, but you know, in modern time, cello, <laughs> right? But it's hard to read. You know, there's just the record. I mean, the uh, sound systems just weren't as good back then, right? Right. So technology's improved a lot, so I think he obviously did have cellos, as I recall. I don't know. I just didn't feel like it was like a he was replicating. Like McCartney will even like his his keyboard player, who's awesome, uh, Wicks, I think his name is. Right. <clears throat> but he'll he'll play all the like horn parts from "Got to Get You Into My Life" on the synthesizer. Which is fine. There's an actual human being playing the note, so it's fine. But it, I didn't get the sense that Jeff Lynne was really doing that live. Like, no. uh, if there's like, like patches and and loops and and it was and flown in. It was obvious to me that there were real guys playing real instruments, and and um and not a ton of back. I think he had one female backup singer, and then the band was sort of backing up too. But all those kind of cool yellow harmonies and those fucking like one song after another as you guys know like you yeah. the entire the only the only disappointment was probably my favorite yellow song is do ya yeah, do you do you want my love yeah. right yeah yeah and yeah. he didn't do that and he did do that fucking uh chuck berry what does he do like rock and roll music or roll oh. over beethoven the ELO not, version. I did not know he did. Yeah, that. <laughs> I think that was one of their early singles. That was a hit, probably oh. in England, by the way. But yep. um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, that he did that one instead of Do Ya, and I went, "Oh, you got to be kidding me!" My he didn't do yeah. my favorite song. Yeah. I'm still not going to say it was it. It ruined the show. It was just a weird, a weird move to not yeah. to 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 do that dumb cover. But whatever. Great, fucking great show. That one comes to mind as just like being blown away by a guy who achieved something on stage that I didn't think was possible. Yeah. With just guys, as opposed to Jeff Lynn with a microphone and acoustic guitar and a keyboard. Right. <laughs> you know, that, yeah. that guy, right. He could have done it with tracks, but it seemed like real guys doing everything. Wow. Yeah. Uh, also at the Hollywood Bowl was Barry Gibb. Oh, shit. And yeah. another guy who sort of achieved any everything you wanted him to. Obviously, you could, you didn't get that 
sweet three brother singing harmonies thing. So this was recent when the brothers had passed. Yeah, this oh, was probably okay. yeah. about I don't know eight years ago or so. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. like that was the night. I don't know if you guys remember this, but um, Bruce Springsteen covered "Staying Alive" in melbourne australia or sydney or something because oh, when right. bruce would kind of like depending on the country he was in he would try to do a song from right. that country yeah, i've heard him do jump and other like van halen and other there that period yeah. of time he, was he, doing he that. would do yeah. uh rock yeah. was it rock the casbah or something yes yeah no he did uh london, london calling, calling. Yeah, sorry right. yeah. Yeah. yeah so it don't change in uh in uh, in australia too yeah, yeah yeah right so barry maybe like that day or the day before or something mm. must have heard about this yeah and saw it on youtube so that night at the hollywood bowl and you can go look it up that was the night i was there he did i'm on fire the bruce springsteen i was gonna say as as just like kind of a thank you you know thanks for doing my song now i'm gonna do your song so that was pretty fucking awesome yeah shit um i think it's telling that he chose the song that could be as intimate as that like any band could figure that out and do an intimate version at soundcheck and then you do it at the show. It's not some big orchestrated number. So I think it's telling that he chose that. He probably right. picked it for that reason to do it day of. Yeah. Do, uh, does anyone want to attempt a, uh, any three, not me, either the two of you want to attempt Barry Gibb doing I'm on fire. Anyone. <laughs> uh, you can go on YouTube and figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> See him actually do it. I'm, I'm about to do a falsetto and yeah. just start singing it. I did. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do one right now. Note to Damon editing, drop in Barry Gibbs singing I'm on fire here. <laughs> Boy, that was good. You did it. Great. Wow. Jesus, Damon. I've been practicing. It's Come on, guys. Something. Uh, so those, yeah, those two, the other, the last one I'm going to bring up, because there's probably, as we we all discussed, dozens of shows we, oh, could, yeah. we could cite yeah. here. But yeah. the other one that really blew me away, just because I wasn't expecting it. I, I like, there's this band called Bell and Sebastian. They're Scottish. Kind of, I don't know what you'd call them. Kind of like an alternative band. And, and they have a bunch of songs i like and my friend carrie and i went to go see them at uh the palladium i think mm-hmm. and i wasn't i was expecting well oh, this should be good i'll recognize a few songs they fucking blew me away that they were they're a real band the real guys playing real instruments yeah and uh <coughs> super quirky but they're just super tight you know yeah. like uh the same guys have been in the band for 20 odd years if not more um and they just that that show is very memorable in that my ex- expectations were sort of like meh, and then they yeah. completely blew the roof off any expectations I had. So they were they were fantastic. So those are those are mine that I that are coming to mind right now. I think Aaron has to reveal some as well. Um, <clears throat> I think that my the ones that still stick out in my mind, one of the ones that as far as like the show and the bacchanal of it was I saw Fishbone at it was 1989 and it was for the truth and soul record and they were at john anson ford which is this crazy like oh yeah um for people outside of los angeles it's there's a sort of mini venue adjacent across the way from where the hollywood bowl is and it's to if you want to imagine something imagine like where you would see like a sacrifice or something yeah, right right <laughs> it's this weird thing where it's this it's like a, it's a little mini bowl a little it's a mini natural sort of Greek amphitheater theater. Th- right it's like a natural amphitheater yeah, i think yeah. i mean there's seats yeah. and everything but then yeah. the way the dynamic is is that the act is on the stage but like the fans can really be up and around it as well yeah and like even behind 
so it's really weird. It's like a very communal thing. There was a lot of legendary shows there. Like the Chili Peppers did crazy shows there and this Fishbone (laughs) show and like Jane's Addiction did some unbelievable shows there. But this Fishbone show was otherworldly. I mean, they as an actor are like from Mars and, but like the the entire left side of the PA came crashing down because Angelo was up and dancing on it and swaying back and forth and like people managed not to die like it, it was it was insane it was yeah. just insane and and like I think my jaw was on the floor the entire time just standing sort of in the back just going I can't even believe that this is a thing that can happen and uh, <clears throat> so that always stuck sticks in my mind is like the show of it all um yeah. and. I was there because my stepbrother's band, who Dan know or uh, both of you guys know of, and and Damon knows, uh, Daniel Schulman, Double D yeah. knows, was opening. And, oh shit! Uh, <laughs> and and so like it it was I was there for soundcheck as well, and and it was one of those things the first time I'd ever seen this where there was Norwood Fisher from Fishbone was was explaining to Dan, and I was sort of standing around that there's the sh- the the outfit you wear to the sound check then there's the show outfit and then yeah. there's the post show outfit and he had all oh, yeah. three yes <laughs> and, and uh, yeah. i'd been doing professional shows for a little while then but we were we, were, we weren't sophisticated or didn't do anything like that and you call yourself like, a, oh my you God, call yourself a, fucking, a front man it's like fucking <laughs> 101 my friend this is show well i wasn't a front man at the time and i was saying like oh boy this is like this is fucking show business unbelievable yeah. um oh, yeah then uh, two years prior to that, the other show that broke my mind in half was um, U2 at the Coliseum. Yeah. Um, it was the Joshua Tree Tour. They'd done the pass through at the sports arena before the, as the album was building. And then they came back and did two big nights at the, uh, at the Coliseum. And yeah. I remember being just blown away by them. And it was, it's such an interesting time that's now been documented really well in Rattle and Hum of a band literally just four dudes on a stage and playing is like, it's like it was and a big ascend- awesome stage and, as- and ascending in front of and like eyes. and like and <laughs> there were lights but there's nothing spectacular going on except for a band that's like just really gritty and and doing it and becoming stadium worthy at that moment in front of you uh yeah. at their own event as opposed to what they did at live Aid. so it was it was unbelievable to see that and i remember that they lit the torch which is not something that that happens all the time. Um, and I think it was something crazy. Like it hadn't been lit since like the Olympics and whenever the fuck, <laughs> whenever they were there, the 30s. Oh, 80, 84, 84, the Olympics. Oh, yes, yes, right, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. They had done right. it then. Yeah. And then prior to that, it was at the pre- like the earlier Olympics. It was nuts. This um, was probably 87? 87. 80s? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. not probably. Exactly yeah. then. It was yeah. in November. Yeah. And so it was a mind blower. Um, that and then the other one. I would say there's two other. One was a, a was a print show in San Diego in 2001. Went down to see him there on the Hit and Run tour. It was just literally hits, oh, yeah. and yeah. no dancers, no rappers, no nothing. It was him and like a five piece band, yeah. and just destroyed, just obliterated. And it was it was awesome too because it was San Diego and not L.A. So I mean, Prince seemed to beat. LA's too cool for school into submission. So you, the, even they let it, you know, got it on. But San Diego was just, it was a party. It was crazy. Um, and so that was the other one. And then I guess the last one I'd say would be also the same place in San Diego, seeing Van Halen in 2007, which was mm-hmm. the beginning of Roth returning. 
Yeah. And I was there with uh, Mr. Jetta himself, Andy Castro, and uh, he got us <laughs> second row seats. So we were like up up the band's keister. It was, I still feel the heat coming off the street. It, it sounds like he worked angles to get those tickets. Well, he'd, he'd <laughs> long years of working angles supplied <laughs> that. It finally <laughs> paid off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, everyone should work such, a, such an angle. But it yeah. was, uh, I was still, still like, still peeling the, the, the skin off my face, uh, for how rocking that was. And that's uh, the, that was the, that was the, uh, reunion, not reunion tour, but when they got back together, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's with yeah. Dave. The and first with time Wolf, as, with Wolfgang, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. The first time back when Wolfgang yeah. was was very very young, and right. yeah, it was, like 15 it was or something. Yeah. Great, and the excitement in that in that reunion was still very fresh, and uh, it was yeah. it was amazing to see it so close. And I'd never seen Van Halen um, as much as I love them. Um, I never I missed out seeing them with with Dave. I was too young and like it, for the Fair Warning tour, and then when 1984 came around. Mm. I I missed it. I started seeing shows properly in 83, 84 and missed it. Um, mm, yeah. But wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. Those well, would be mine. You, you, uh, you just reminded me of another one, which you and I went to with, with Josh Blackwell, which was Van Halen in San Diego, but that was like 2011, yeah. I think. Yeah. So there was for the different kind of truth when they were there, like we were very, very, we were like in the 11th row then. Um, yeah, yeah it was. That unreal. was awesome. That was, yeah, it was so unbelievable. Fun, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just seeing, seeing them do the thing and, you know, seeing, <laughs> seeing Ed in person is just a different story and Dave the it same is. way. And like when Dave's on, it's just unbeatable. <laughs> it's just yeah, unbeatable. Dave, David Lee Roth wasn't, obviously wasn't doing his karate kicks and jumping off the drum riser right. and stuff. Yeah. Cause he just can't anymore. Right. But he still was a showman. Oh yeah. That's great. And, yeah. and like, in fact, was it, it might've been on hot for teacher. Uh, where he was just doing like a soft shoe shuffle. <laughs> yeah, he, he, sli- he slid. Yeah. He had his yeah. own thing. But he was, just, he was doing like a little, yeah. a, a little, uh, yeah. a, a little yeah. jig oh, yeah. during the song. And, and it was completely entertaining and it, yeah. and it was, it wasn't cheesy or anything. It was, it was very endearing. Just yeah. <laughs> almost saying like, Hey, I'm an old guy now. So I'm going to do an old guy dance instead of, instead yeah. of doing, you know, karate kicks, like, <laughs> like Peter O'Toole off the right. drum. <laughs> 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 yeah, There's just, it was just un, un, unstoppable. And, uh, it was so, so great. So and and those also would, those would be mine. Yeah. The, uh, seeing Van Halen, uh, Eddie Van Halen in person, you're right, right. Aaron. It's like the, oh, I've, we've talked about this before, but it, I can only liken it to if a alien, lands in front of you right yeah. it's is seeing eddie van halen playing a guitar in front of you because like aaron said we we're 11th row so pretty damn close yeah and it's it's as you've seen all the music videos and you've seen concerts of him playing and everything it's nothing like watching the guy do it live it's really it was really just mind-blowing it is and uh yeah let me add a note to this that i, I did see van halen back in, in the, the day 80, in yeah. the 80s i saw two maybe three times um, he was there for autograph, but stuck around for Van Halen. I, I did. I, I, I do remember autograph opening. I do remember that. No, yeah. Uh, wow, what a terrible. All right, um, but um, but they they weren't. That's the thing about when they regrouped in two thousand seven or whatever that was. Is they were all sober then, and it was a different. Like when you saw them back, they did not sound great live. Really? No, they didn't. It was it was just loud and chaotic and and I was a huge Van Halen fan. And there were some songs they'd start them and I wasn't sure what it was. <laughs> that was the era of Dave going, I forgot the fucking words and like that kind of 
thing, you know? And it wasn't... I even saw Us Festival, which was even more chaotic. Yeah. Where it just... just they were great, of course, but it didn't... Once they were sober, it was better. Yeah. And I remember thinking that. I'm like, I bet they'll be better because they're sober now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and, 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 cause, Did you cause see them later? I, I just saw the song, the shows you guys are talking okay, about yeah. in 2007 and 11, and they were better. Yeah. You know, and I don't know, obviously, Michael wasn't in the band anymore, but also they weren't 28. Yeah. You know, right? <laughs> but yeah, so it, it was, uh, I, I agree with you guys that it's uh, trying to compare those two things is interesting. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Well, you're. Yeah. yeah, you're. You have empirical, evidence. empirical knowledge. Yeah. They were. They were. They were better in 2007. So yeah. All right. That was a pretty excellent uh, discussion there. And uh, Aaron, do you feel satisfied? Yeah. Absolutely. I do. I have my answer. I have my answer. <laughs> The, the look in his face of how pleased he is I to play that clip. I, 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 it starts playing, and I look over at George with a big, dumb grin on my face. Uh-huh. <laughs> so pleased. So pleased with himself. <laughs> All right. Well, nice little little journey into uh, Kibbit's Corner. Yeah. But now, the fun begins. Oh, yeah. Aaron, it's time for you to get tortured. How, how, any feelings about torture today? Nah, I, I deserve it. <laughs> I've been a bad boy. We'll see what That's you right. say afterwards. <laughs> Sometimes I, a lot of you guys are dreading it. I, I don't. I deserve it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Take your medicine. Torture chamber. Okay. I'm not going to bullshit you, okay? I don't really give a good fuck what you know or don't know. But I'm going to torture you anyway. Suffering. Here we are down in the torture chamber. I don't I don't say that enough in my personal life. I'm going to start saying that. I'm in anguish. <laughs> Honey, I can't reach the remote. I'm in anguish. What did you think of this episode? It's, it put me in anguish. <laughs> so Aaron is girding his loins. I believe I'm going first oh, because okay. I went second last week. Oh, let's hear it. And uh, so let's just get going here. This is, uh, I, I, we're both in the 90s, this, this. I'm 1990, you were 1997. Yep, 1997, so, yeah, here counts. we go. That counts. Oh. Where have all the cowboys gone? <laughs> right, right, where have where? all the cowboys where? gone? Where, where? <laughs> Guys, There's a, wow, where? seriously. The, there's a lot to unpack here, Paula. I'll just. <laughs> She's saying that mind. the fellas this aren't aren't. This aren't, is very all, thematic, all the men, Damon. All the real men are gone. Well, it, there's 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 layer upon layer of of hypocrisy and contradiction in this song. <laughs> Let's get into the first verse, you're and like, then we'll... you're like an attorney doing a summation. <laughs> there's layer upon layer of hypocrisy in this song, and I will show you with. <laughs> The jury will see, Your Honor, will, will, see. will see that hypocrisy <laughs> reigns supreme. Look, I'm, I got to lay out my case here for for the, for the torture. What, what do you want? I love it. Okay. Oh, who 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 is this? Paula? What? Paula Cole. Cole. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Here we go. Front porch, the dandelion sun's 
whispering. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what was God that? Damn it's it. like a, fucking, I, I remember this little, song, but I don't remember the verses, I guess. Yeah, she did. Milk bubble voice. Would you Stop say milk, milk yeah. bubble? Is that what you said? I read it. Jeez. It's such a porno. It's almost like a. We're almost in Samantha Fox territory here, aren't we? Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's. It's. She's singing in the background. You can hear there's a melody going on, but she. <laughs> that's yeah, that's the chorus. No, but yeah. in, during the verse, while she's doing that kind of filter effect on her voice and just kind of speaking or rapping the lyrics, there's also a Paula in the background singing. I don't know if you guys hear that, but um, so yeah, that's the the lyrics so far. Aaron, do you need any help with the lyrics, or you're, you're good? Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm good with this. I got it. I'm all set. I gotta move in if I can see these lyrics. Yeah, so do you get me ready in your '56 Chevy? I, I, I'm sorry, I was, uh, I was, I was hoping I'd be able to hear them just with my ears, but uh, yeah. with the whispering, I can't. <laughs> I can't hear. So, uh, yeah, George has a whole production. Sorry, going well, on. what's happening I, over there? Well, yeah. I don't have my glasses. Okay, <laughs> Jesus I, you know, Christ. Jesus, you don't know what it's like here. Aaron. You don't you know. Some maracas you want to use? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I might, I'm, I was thinking I could just edit that out, but I'm thinking I might leave it in for comedy purposes. Yeah, sure. You gotta leave it in. <laughs> George is moving a couch. <laughs> I'm trying to move my lazy boy so I can see the screen. Where are my glasses? Um, so yeah, she's talking about, uh, the, the beginnings of a relationship where, where they're still kind of like, uh, wooing each other right. and she's talking about you know let's she's the get me ready in your 56 chevy sounds like you know it's a little more a little more risque but um then she's talking about let's go ahead sip some lemonade in the shade and now let's get into uh, this this little pre-chorus here All right, so there's the co- the pre-chorus and the chorus, and this song has always bothered me, and I never knew why because you know it's again this is one that comes on and you just immediately turn it off, you know, mm. and so I never really understood what was so just just annoying to me, and it's if you know the punchline of this song, she's sa- sort of setting up this thing where you know it start this naive woman or girl maybe even you know that gets into this this marriage, you know. They're, 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 uh, dating. She's, she's, they're making promises to each other. I will do the laundry if you pay all the bills. And then suddenly it's like, it's like we've, she's now into the chorus, which is where's my John Wayne. So we're already setting up this thing where being a domestic housewife, whatever the term for that homemaker Mm -hmm. isn't good enough. And I'm not saying it should be good enough for anybody. If you don't want to do it, I'm saying, why was it okay to sort of set up this relationship where she's making this arrangement. Like I'll do the laundry. If you go get a job. Cool. Right. And then immediately she's saying now it's not good enough. Cause he's not John Wayne. She didn't even wait to the pre court or to the chorus to find fault with it. She's yeah. Like pre chorus. Well, it is a marriage. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> I'm dissatisfied. Well, one thing I, 
Is this a period piece? She's. I just noticed. Is it 1956 or is it maybe 76? And someone has a 56 Chevy or? I'm only going by the lyrics here that I'm reading. I there's a 56 Chevy in this. Well, so I think would women expect. What what are women's expectations in 1956 versus later? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I don't think I don't think it takes place in the in the 50s. I think it takes place now. And the guy was a cool history, had an old car, and so maybe that was alluring about him. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> I'm. And now she's just fucking doing the laundry. Yeah, well, okay. she. I think I think that uh, you're right, Aaron. I, I agree with you. I think it is like a, a modern song at the time, 1997. Yeah. Um, she's coming from this place of of what you know. What I think people in the, in kind of South and Midwest look at the the coasts like the the coastal elites as they call us. Sure, yeah, yeah. But she's doing exactly what what they're what what because she's from Massachusetts. I got a whole thing about her and how she grew up, but she's from Massachusetts, and I think she's she's playing on this kind of like country song aesthetic, which mm, is yeah. Having the lemonade on the front porch and the John Wayne and the Prairie song. There's a lot. And of course, the fucking title is "Where Have All the Cowboys Gone?" So we're there she's you know. playing on uh, this country mentality of the girl, the 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 kind of redneck lifestyle of the girl wanting this 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 cowboy in her life. Hmm. But um, sure. we'll, we'll get into the next verse yeah. and uh, and we'll we'll keep going with this here. Okay, so now we have another verse where she's sort of promising these things she's she's offering to him, which is, you go watch TV, I'll make you some, some coffee, I'll get you something to eat, because I, I know you've been working on your tractor all day. She's also promising that she'll take care of the kids as long as he's paying the bills, right? Well, I, I just with the with this revelation of this second verse, this whisper verse, yeah, which I just trained to hear, but I could read it. Um, I, I don't, it's not a horse, but he sounds like he is a cowboy. He is a tractor and whatnot. And he's <laughs> yeah. working in the, I don't, sounds like he is a cowboy. I, in the last, in the last verse, we confirm that he's working on a farm. Okay. He's not roping cattle, but he has a tractor. I'm just <laughs> saying guy's doing pretty good yeah. for, according to you guys, 1997. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so, again, she's now, uh, like, she set this guy up to promising him, I'm going to do all this stuff if you go work. Now he's working and now she's mad at him and saying, why aren't you John Wayne? You know? John uh, Wayne wasn't a real cowboy, you understand. Right, yeah. Yeah, I got a whole John Wayne thing going on here, too. I don't know how much I'm going to get into. I did way too much research into this bullshit. But um, so this, I'll, I'll give you a little a little, uh, a little about Paula in the song. It was uh, sure. from the album This Fire, released in 96. The single was released in 97 kind of accolades across the board you know record and song of the year grammy nominations Um, she's got a beautiful voice i love her voice and that's why bumps bugs me when she does the whispery thing which was the pre-chorus is great she was doing she was doing a thing of the time where everybody went as soon as shirley manson came along and was able to be effortlessly cool and have an affected voice from time to time a lot of women who i think have really beautiful, pure voices, wanted a bit of that rough edge, maybe. And so I think it was just a, a production move of the time. Um, and so rather than put an effect on her voice, she did the you know, <laughs> double with the other one 
with the high one. Like Bono did that a lot, but when he had his voice problems, he would do like the the whisper and then the ha because he could do the falsetto, but he couldn't do the big loud voice. Yeah. yeah. And so he so that was going on at the time, and it's like three or four years after that point for for Paula, I think, and I think that's what she's doing there. But it's just so pleasant when she actually sings, and uh, I don't know. It, but it, but I don't. What I, what bums me out the most about this song is I've never really thought about it in terms of like, wait a minute, you're saying you want this, but like you're also saying that you have this. So, <laughs> yeah, you're you're like, where is this? But I but I'm in it right now. Is that I didn't like how much it, uh, when I reflected on it later that it was a slave to the uh, production styles at the time, because otherwise it's a very pure, nice song and a great place for her voice to be yeah hmm. um yeah i agree like she's she's a good singer i mean she got her start with with peter gabriel, peter like gabriel backup yeah, singer, dude. and and she oh, would fuck. she assumed the like peter gabriel at that time had done two pretty well-known duets with women don't one, give up yeah with oh, kate bush, kate bush and right, with yeah. uh, another one with sinead o'connor two great female singers that paula cole had to replicate on stage as his duet imagine partner. jesus Christ. i did not know that and okay. so so That's yeah so she's great. she certainly is a as an accomplished singer and musician mm-hmm. apparently but here's the thing about her first of all this this album the album uh in the liner notes this is her words the album is dedicated to quote the inner fire of all life may our seeds of light open brighten and sow peace on earth <laughs> okay so, so she was in her 20s then yeah all right <clears throat> right she's a nice butterfly tattoo somewhere on her <laughs> neck or back or something yeah all right <laughs> but and i was watching the video actual music video um, and cause I don't really remember much about it and I'm looking at her and I'm going, I'm having the exact reaction I had back in 1997 when I saw the music video, which is she looks fa- fucking great. She's, she's, she's got this, this belly shirt and she's, she's all thin and sexy and talk and slower, she's, talk slower. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I was, she just really, uh, you know, rubbed me the wrong way. When I, and I'm like, what is it about her? Because I was a guy in my 20s at that point. I should be like totally loving this. This be girl be running and I'm, and the I, wrong way. <laughs> and I realized, like, she has that kind of like her her attitude in the song and her kind of smug face is this is that kind of luxury hippie chick. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean this. Uh, there, like I said last week, is nobody has more fucking rules than an anarchist, and and hippies are just about the worst there's a beautiful version of the hippies who are amazingly brave and and were open standing up against yeah Yeah. and standing up against what was ridiculous like the that thousand pound bald motherfucker who was uh uh, putting the uh the fucking daisy in the fucking rifle that's in his face oh yeah 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 Uh, you know like you know jesus christ talk about brave and and you know they just have balls of steel but then there's an other half that is horrible and takes their drag their kids to grateful dead shows on the road. And there's that person. And those people I believe are like the other, the lazy front of the version you're talking about where there's like, they've got all kinds of rules for you and they want to say, uh, uh, no, uh, I think you don't want to do that. Like they talk in questions uh, (laughs) and raise this fucking sing song shit voice that like, and Real it's original not, it, guys. Yeah, it's not a gal thing. It's a it's a it's it's a that type of person thing. So really assholes. I shouldn't even just say hippies, but like yeah. assholes. Lecturing songy voice. Excuse you. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's a disjointed thing. So like it, it's I think that there's she's riding 17 horses with one behind. So she's got the song that's 
sort of all over the place. You're saying, well, wait, what? You know, why, why, why are you, why are you, why are you uh, doing all this double speak? You say you want it, then you don't. Like, right? People can be confused in a relationship, and that's another kind of song. But this sounds like there's a really pretty melody, and but the words don't make yeah, much yeah, sense yeah. when you break it apart. Should, and should then, I sing this? No, whisper it like you're sexy and you're a porn star. <laughs> no, singing. yeah, that feels like a fucking direction. I'm sure she didn't want. I bet you she didn't want to do that. Not with that voice, with this this goddamn gift from God voice. She doesn't want to do that verse like that. Please. I would argue that the, the fact that she's the produ- sole producer of this album, she yeah. didn't. There, she wasn't. This wasn't co-produced or anything. It's Paula Cole produced it. Hmm. I would argue that it was her decision. I doubt that it is. I'm telling you that it is. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, yes, she did. She probably had had the the weight to be able to just do her own record because why not? And I'm telling you that the label probably was like pushed her to say this is the hit, but you got to make it edgy. Like, and ugh, it just bums me out to hear it like that. Damon, Especially when it's it's so good like that. When it's so good when she opens it up, you know. Mm-hmm. Agreed, D- Damon. This um, I-, I was interested how she got her. So she maybe had a credit in what we'd say the movie bank, but she has a credit in the music bank for working. Like, how does she get a record deal? That's a good question. I mean, she was it was taken way more seriously than I think she is. As Aaron pointed out, her voice is great. But I don't, I don't know that she has has this kind of deep well of of like songwriting talent or anything. Right. Because at the time, people, and this could answer your question, George, of who who handed the reins over mm-hmm. to her. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy from MTV said, "I don't think her career. This is a quote. I don't think her career will be about this one song, as good as it is. She's a real artist and has the potential to grow and sell more albums." <laughs> and then her manager at the time said. I feel Paul, I'm in, a, in the midst of a big long paragraph about him jacking off over her. The, the, the key, <laughs> the key line is, I feel Paula has a long career ahead of her. She she basically had zero hits after this album. The the song I don't want to wait. No one right. has to be. That was like Dawson's Creek or something. Yeah, yeah. Other right. than these two songs, oh, though, that's her. Yeah. Oh, okay. Other than these two yeah. songs, like she didn't, she disappeared. And by the, I'm not faulting someone for being a uh, a one hit wonder or two hit wonder in this case. Mm. Um, it's just this, there, there seemed to be a lot of buzz about her that wasn't necessarily justified because she's yes, a great Maybe singer. She didn't want to write with a bunch of people or, or take uh, songs by other writers would have been rad to hear her sing with, uh, to have a longer career using, you know, working with songwriters. Mm. Maybe, Maybe she didn't want to. Maybe. Yeah. But if she's such a talent that something is rotten in Denmark, if she's, you know, ref- maybe it's super telling that she did record, did, did, uh, if she said, I'll do the, I'll do a label deal if I can, only if I produce it, or it was a problem collaboration with the producer she did work with and ended up doing it on her own. And then was like, I will do it my way or the highway. No other songwriters. Hmm. She was probably lecturing the producer about what a feminist she was. <laughs> and I have a question. Okay. All right. Just from someone who wasn't super aware in the 90s of any of this, because I've never heard of Paula Cole. I know this song, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. So did she have one of those... Um, you know, choker necklaces that's like a black satin with like a like a, a German metal on the end of it. Because <laughs> the choker was a big thing then with some kind of oh, yeah. thing on it. I can, Antique jewelry. and I can picture like all of those female yeah. singers from the night. Anyone who's on Lilith Fair, I think they were, good look. they were issued an official Lilith Fair choker <laughs> before they stepped on stage. It's a good look. Yeah. It's a good look. <laughs> okay, carrying on here. Okay. We're going into Let's the- hear about this Chevy. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Where is my job? Where is my 
there's a scene missing in this song because it went from them being a perfectly reasonable new couple starting out, wife taking care of the husband because she feels like he works hard, so I'm going to get him lemonade and coffee and make him dinner. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly she's mad at him for not noticing her new dress. Like, there's something – she didn't tell part of this story. Like, what did this guy do? What? How did – is – is she just doing this cliche about being a housewife sucks? Is that what's going on here? And and without really telling the story? Because I'd I like to imagine this guy has his own side of the story. I feel like she should just move back to the city. <laughs> I just, that feels like what should happen. Yeah, I she, don't think anybody's <laughs> actually on any kind of real farm. I think that she's saying that they're on, they're, they're in the daily grind of life and he's not paying her any kind of mind and that she's got her metaphors all over the place. And then she's saying, where I want some sort of cowboy take me away kind of dude. Yeah. Well, but like, she wants a fella. She wants a fella. I'm going to be on the tractor <laughs> and also take her dancing. Yeah. yeah like yeah. this guy's like, who doesn't, you yeah. know, who doesn't, <laughs> um, by the way, Aaron, uh, uh, I hate to disagree with you, but on the last verse, uh, they, they, they finally sell the Chevy when they had another baby and he took that job in Tennessee. He made friends at the farm Bob, so yeah, we're going to trust her. She's a fucking uh, irresponsible, unreliable narrator. <laughs> You're going to believe the third verse. She's been lying to you for two other verses. You think suddenly she took some truth serum in the third. Um, this is very much a country song, though. That, that, that you read that verse the way you read it because you could see it ahead of time. Yeah, it, it's it's like it's a great country verse. It's well, it's a country song that I think I feel like she's making fun of country songs. Maybe, yeah. Right, and I think she's 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 maybe. being winky and clever. Maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah maybe. So, all right, th- we're going to get into that verse. So let's just do it right let's now. Do it. Let's get it. And then, and then we're coming up to probably not only the most annoying thing in this song, possibly oh. one of the most annoying things I've ever heard in recorded music in my entire life. Wow, and I Aaron know might that part. Rem- yeah, Aaron I knows know what I'm talking part. about. Well, I am. I do not know. I've been trying I- not to do it. Uh, Hello, <laughs> I'm ready to see this. Yeah, Aaron's been holding back on, on you know, exactly. knowing exactly what's coming. <laughs> right okay. when the song started, it took okay. everything that I have inside me to not do it. Like, whether this song wins uh, Torture Chamber this week or not, I still think this little section coming up should get like some sort of lifetime achievement award yeah. for uh, torture. Well, I am a buzz. <laughs> <laughs> George is a flutter. I'm a flutter right, and a buzz. Here we go. That Jesus, is take it easy with that fucking hard R. <laughs> Shut up. Torture chamber magnifique. Beer. Beer. You know that's not even the part. That's 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 not the oh, part I was talking. Oh, about. that's uh, I know. Oh, okay, then I know the what part. part you're talking about. To yeah, me, yeah. that her, part is awful. What you just fucking yeah, showed her, me. And, her pronunciation of beer <laughs> is and like why is she talking shit about beer, dude? Like I know. she's being shitty about beer. There's there, like there's a again a scene missing where he. Look, they have another baby. Was she in on that decision or not? Uh, Might be a he, Paul Anka kind of situation. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're missing domestic violence, aren't we? <laughs> she never mentions that. Like, there's this guy. 
I don't know. He's he's gone drinking to the bar. No one wants a, a partner doing that at all. I get it, but good time, Charlie. Yeah, good time, Charlie. <laughs> good time, um, Charlie's having a second beer, and then <laughs> I'm just here in my pretty dress, and no one gives a shit. <laughs> maybe maybe he had to get out of the house because of the way she pronounces beer. <laughs> I don't know. All right, so here we go. Now we're just gonna go out on on a, on a bunch of choruses. She she puts a little spin on it here. Yes, she does. Does she say prairie song? Prairie song, yes. Yes. Prairie, prairie song? Okay. Yeah. Like Little House on the Prairie. Alright, we're going to get up to Aaron's... Uh, devastation in hey, a second here. horror yeah yeah but so one thing that she said sort of years later justifying this this song where she she, she talks about this last verse in particular where she talks about uh so she changes the the lyrics of the chorus where's my instead of john wayne she says marlboro man where's his shiny gun where's my lonely ranger which i she probably thought was her clever mm-hmm. you know spin on lone ranger mm-hmm. but she says when I went to Europe, they so got it. I remember in Spain, especially, they love the irony and the laughter. Like the shiny gun is a phallic reference. Totally tongue in cheek. How is shiny gun a phallic reference? How who's supposed to get that? Love gun. Come on. Yeah, okay. They're, they're all Kiss fans, I guess. But I, I just I feel like she's you know grafting on these these explanations years later about the song that don't that don't really exist. Like who's ever gonna? Here's the thing. Like saying this song is all about American iconography right with marlboro man and john wayne and and cowboys and all this stuff like europeans are gonna like this song just because they kind of have this more surface understanding of that iconography people with brains in the u.s this is why this song always confused me back in the day i never knew why and now when i looked into it it's like she's saying some traditional things are good and some traditional things are bad meaning staying home with the kids you know cooking dinner for my husband and stuff these things are bad the traditional things of John Wayne and being a cowboy and all these are good. Mm. She, uh, there's no, uh, there's no uh, balance in this song. I don't get who this this character is. Are we supposed to feel bad for her? I don't know that what the guy did other than he gets drunk a lot. So what what led to that? It's just this whole song confuses me. No, well, I think he had a few beers. No one said he was drunk. Hold on, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, would it change? Would it change your mind if I told you in Spain it was uh, where have all the gauchos gone? <laughs> I like that better, actually. Don't eat a stock gaucho. Don't eat a stock gaucho. It still fits syllabically. I don't. You know. Los gauchos, I think, is the is the correct. Churros y chocolate. <laughs> don't eat a stock. Don't eat a Aaron. Were you, I don't think you were on this TJ trip. Don't eat a los burros y las chicas. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Right. Oh, yeah. The We're, donkey ladies. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> Which we asked the cab driver. Of course in, you did. In, in of course you did. And he, cra- he was cracking up. Um, so anyway. here called the police on you just then. Yeah. Just here, <laughs> here we go to Aaron's, uh, Aaron's favorite part coming up. Okay.
That's that's very Peter Gabriel. I was going to say that's almost just like running then end running up that hill, right? Is that yeah? Yes, yeah. yes, it is. Yeah. But it's, it's I because I know I don't like that she's saying yippee yo yippee yay. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, is that what she's saying? The, 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 the note line the note line isn't all that upsetting, except that I know that's what she's saying, and she's been rocking this cowboy motif. Uh, <laughs> yippee yay, motherfucker! Like, God damn it! Enough with this shit. I get it already. <laughs> And now that she did that explanation about the fucking shithead Americans is is a real bag of dicks to fucking smoke. Uh, where like this is, <laughs> the Spaniards get me, uh, but you Spanish. dumb Americans they don't get it. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Shut up. And by and by the way, like probably the the most damning, uh, you know, uh, takeaway from this song is you know who loved the song and played it on his his radio show in. Utter seriousness, with no irony at all. Adam Carolla. No. <laughs> uh, back in the day, it was Rush Limbaugh, who was one of the most the gigantic oh, right. conservative yeah. right-wing shitheads He's sort ever. of co-opting the uh, idea of it. Yeah. He was, the, the reason why the song, like, the, he thought this song was for real. She, he thought Paula Cole was some sort of, like, I, I, need, I just need a cowboy. Where are all the men? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, yeah. Right. Where's the Oxycontin? So, <laughs> the fact that, like, that, that right-wing people sort of adopted this song as as right. serious shows that like her her songwriting missed the mark <laughs> to me it and that's why yeah, I, but I, like again, that, I, there's a rich history of that happening to people like the boss whose songwriting does not miss the mark but you know when born Ronald in the Reagan usa yeah, right <laughs> chooches were thinking that born in the usa was or not pink houses yeah. you wanted yeah. pink houses you're right yeah yeah mm-hmm. so unfortunately there's a rich history of that uh so and, and it doesn't always have to do with the sh- uh, shabbiness of songwriting, uh, but maybe but here, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. In this case, yeah, I have a thought about this. So tell me if you guys think this it, it, because this falls between what I'm going to live bands and drum machines. This timing, I guess. Um, when you guys said Shirley Manson, Shirley Manson is in garbage. 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 Okay, yeah. all right. I'm trying to get. All right, so if this falls, it feels like to me that the hook in this song is do 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 do. That's the real hook in this song, and then just the line and the idea of where have all the cowboys gone, mm-hmm. and the rest of it kind of doesn't matter. That's really what you're building this whole thing on, and it's sort of in between where this isn't a live band and it's kind of a rapping song, but she's whispering because maybe her rapping. I think it's be- a live band. Do you? I yes. think yeah, it's a band. Really? Yes, absolutely. They're oh, they're very I, I they're very not, restrained. I did not think that at all. Sounds yeah, like that's a, a, sounds that's like a, a machine. Full on, that's a that's a band. Mm-hmm. Really? Sounds like a machine. Yeah, it's a band me. and a real drummer. Yeah, I Are think, you sure? By the way, I think yep. that's Tony Levin on bass. Yeah, I mean it's it's okay. unsurprising to me that they would she would yeah. Or the yeah. fact that an idiot like me doesn't recognize that tells you something about this song. Because <laughs> every either other way you write, this isn't a band. I like the way you. Yes. I like the way you set up your argument. You're right yeah. either way. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I'm a dummy. I'm a dummy. Just listening to this song, I should know that you know. Right. She should have told me it was a band because it doesn't sound like one. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to it like with a close ear to the drummer in particular, and I don't know that he changes through the entire. At the end, he kind of does some a, a few little very subtle snare hits, but. Which made me realize, oh, this is a real guy as opposed to a looped guy. Um, but uh, yeah, it does sound really kind of like, yeah. you know, boxed in. But there's a, not much to this other than the do 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 do. Right? There's nothing right. else. And her going, particularly. Got the Chevy and the, you know, right. The which rap. Is a, right. So it's not really 
you know, in singing a verse, she's singing in parts of this the way you would a hip hop song, right? You sing the hook and yeah. the rest. Okay. I think I think she she uh, had two elements, that, and then she had to write the rest of the song around it. One was beer, and the other was <laughs> yippee yay, yippee yay, yippee yay, yippee yay. Yeah, no wonder there was no producer on this because everybody who said fucking no got fired. Because <laughs> in the end, the artist is going to do it. Huh. <laughs> Fuck no, I'm going to say beer. <laughs> and and finally, like uh, the whole John Wayne thing. Like I, I'm pretty sure like, he had a he had a real backlash just a few years ago when the, oh, the, yeah. someone unearthed this Playboy interview he did, which is just reprehensible. The guy was a, just a giant dick. But right, right, was, also a well, shit the, actor. I said it. it. Yeah, yeah. He, he was a crummy actor. Garbage. He, he stood for all the wrong things. Like, he was he was pro, uh, um, what was that, that House Un-Americans with the, you know, the, the, the commies. The, what was that, the Joe McCarthy? House on Un-American yeah, Activities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those fucking guys. Yeah, so Awful. he he was. Was a, he a snitch to the? He named names, baby. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, he was. He was that. a total. Um, by the way, also um, got out of serving during World War II right. when he was eligible. He was the right age, and uh, you know, justified <laughs> it later for some bullshit reason. Where are all the cowboys gone? Yeah. apparently they're in the National Guard. <laughs> <laughs> where where have all the cowboys gone? They fled to Canada. Yeah, um, but uh, something he, wrong with his foot, <laughs> his arches. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so now the the big. John Wayne backlash started or, or it happened a few years ago. I think it was 2017 right. or something. But even in the 90s, weren't people kind of turning on him? Like, wasn't he kind of like, weren't we questioning this whole cowboy uh, worship that was going on? It was such, on? An, uh, such a steeped in irony time. A lot of a lot of a lot of snotty shit happening in the '90s, and there was one of the the idols of their parents' generation, I would think. Uh, and so, any way to take them down. Because he's also such an empty crown, that guy. Like, the, like you don't have to go two steps to find out how empty he is. As, as yeah, <laughs> as an, as a, <laughs> even as like iconography, like he's it, dumb, monotone, and baseless. Yeah, wasn't the voice of um, Waldo in the Hot for Teacher video <laughs> like a, jo- a a really like deliberately bad John Wayne parody? Probably. Oh, I don't know. My, that. My, my socks, my socks are too loose. And my feet are, my socks are too loose. <laughs> Pilgrim. So, so like dro- droopy, somewhere between droopy Wayne, like droopy and John Wayne. Droopy. Hello, Joe. Boo. Oh, no. Oh, no. Put your tongue in your John Wayne. No. no. Droopy, droopy was a way better actor than fucking John <laughs> You fucking heard it here first. <laughs> Uh, I I and I believe we've heard this theme though in other songs and at least throughout society that um, the idea that whatever you that, that you act sensitive and they want a tough guy and you act like a tough guy and they want you to be sensitive right yeah. that's the, what's the theme yeah that's what the thing is here right which we've heard a lot of times before right yeah and I yeah and, she's I, that's why I just feel like these lyrics are very confused confused she's a she thought she was making this great point again about being a housewife sucks or something. Mm-hmm. But I, but she, it, she didn't follow through on really making a, a solid conclusion to that. It's like it's it's very contradictory. Like this, this. Yeah, it's 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 a very it's like a lot of a lot of men and women, a lot of songwriters in general uh, have periods of time where like not everybody's going to be so 
such a deft writer like you're, you know, not everybody's going to out of the gate be Joni Mitchell. Not everybody out of the gate is going to have a turn of phrase like Steven Tyler, even, you yeah. know, and, and, and Jim Morrison and all these people that have like, can really speak in flowy terms. And then some people can be, you know, that like Lou Reed to be like very brass tacks too. Like not everybody's going to have that style. And so a lot of the majority of them are going to have, going to write like fifth graders. Like I will fall into the sky. What? <laughs> Stop it. What do you mean? Stop it. Stop yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. What do but, I mean? But it's a fucking, but it's also crazy like a Fox because all the, all the, all the teenage girls love it. It speaks to them. And, and, and when they, maybe they're, when they got mature later down the road, they're like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what she's saying in a song really. <laughs> or maybe, or or it just speaks to the overall. Maybe if maybe Paul Cole is saying it's just about being dissatisfied. I don't know what I'm being told that I want the white picket fence and the guy who does the work. I my my loins and my heart say <laughs> that I want some rougher edged guy, but that guy doesn't pay attention to the new dress because he's not a romantic. You know, the sad sack who does care is the guy who I'm not in love with, but I told that I should have, you know, so maybe, if, you know, maybe that's that. Maybe it's just about dissatisfaction. Who's more dissatisfied than a teenager or, or a young adult? You know? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, as they should be. Interesting thought, Aaron, because uh, I think that's correct. And um, as far as I know, I'm not a huge John Wayne fan, but John Wayne never played that type of cowboy. That would be both things. As I said, that would work the tractor all day and then take you dancing yeah he, he, didn't, he never played that he never played that kind of cowboy he had two left feet yeah right, but he wasn't <laughs> he couldn't, the, he couldn't but, hoof but the character of of john wayne is, right. is what what's uh he always played john wayne yeah in most movies right. you know he played the same thing and but he wasn't ever that kind of no a romantic way. cowboy john it, wayne yeah. would have hated someone like paula cole oh my god yeah he, he, ha- he hated tractor. hippies. He hated people of color. It, it, go read that interview. I mean, the guy—the guy was a fucking monster. So, <laughs> so he—he he, there was nothing in him that would allow him to even consider uh, t- treating a woman like how Paula Cole wants to be treated. Who is a romantic cowboy? Like, who's a who would you if we were going to put someone else in this? What would we, who would you put in? Me. You're you're a romantic cowboy. Yeah. Obviously, oh, okay. yeah. Okay, I, I you mean, besides okay. Damon, yeah, besides, I, besides Damon, I, I didn't know there <laughs> no, was no another. one. Oh, okay, I didn't know there was a romantic cowboy. I there are. I guess there are. He's I, got I his saddle it. right behind the seat that you've been moving. I was, I was just thinking. <laughs> yeah, if you're uncomfortable, it's because his saddle's back there. I was just thinking of a uh, of, of so what if you in in Hollywood because it's really what she's because John Wayne wasn't like more that, like Holly Weird, am I right? Holly right. Weird, am I right? Huh. So who was the who who is the romantic cowboy? Who is the guy she's looking for in Hollywood or maybe or in country music or what, what you know. comes to mind uh would be the Kevin Costner character right. in Dances with Wolves? Maybe? Mm, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Didn't he fall in love with the Indian girl? He did. Oh, yes, he did. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Uh, but she was a white Indian girl that was adopted by right, the tribes. Right, so. right, 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 right. Imagine trying to explain uh <laughs> the uh, Jake Gyllenhaal uh, 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 movie oh, to John oh, oh, Wayne. Right, right, yeah, right. So here's the deal. Uh, oh, Brokeback broke Mountain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so John, they're you'll, hurting. You'll, sheep you'll dig this, and, John. Um... <laughs> <laughs> what? No, he's really good at roping, you know, and also roping in dudes. <laughs> fuck, fuck John Wayne, dude. Yeah, that's the thing I hate the most about this song, Damon. 
yeah. is 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 the, the the fact that we have to think about John Wayne at all. <laughs> and he yeah, it was just a, a lazy uh metaphor for her. So we can move on from Paula Cole and get John into John Wayne uh, well, such a yutz. For me, speaking of cowboys, hit it, Damon. <laughs> all right, let's we, get into we, some George. We are on the same page today, sir. Here we go. Uh oh, here we go. It's a shitty book. <laughs> yes, it is. Might be an ad. We'll 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 cruise through. The sound of wind. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. How far should I go in? Do you think? Here we go. Oh. <laughs> Boy, that's a that's a strange coincidence. <laughs> it is. Someone's playing a little juice out there. Huh? Was, this was 1990. You said? Yeah. yeah. Wow, I thought it was a little later in the in the decade, but I guess I'm wrong. It's from the, a movie, right? Young Guns 2. Young Guns 2. Young Guns 2, yes. The Deuce. This is another guy who's always talking about cowboys, right? Well, yeah, as 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 the '70s were people stroking it for fucking trucks. <laughs> this is a period of like everyone was stroking it for fucking cowboys, cowboys and cowboy hats and shit. Yeah, all even like pop pop acts of the time were uh, were uh, like pop singers where everyone was like busting about a fucking cowboy hat, any shot they could get for as their go to hell hat. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm let's just raging, going to put on a fucking cowboy hat. Come on, stop it. Let's uh, let's hear a little bit of this, and I have a I will tell you my story of of what makes me mad about this song. Okay. <laughs> Good God, he is gorgeous, though. I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> Only God knows where I've been. I'm a devil on the run, a six-gun lover, a gamble in the wind. Yeah! Just stop there if you like. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that he's just insisting that we we listen to his cowboy thoughts. Yeah. Well, fucking John, I New Jersey, weird, fucking... Bon Jovi, take it yeah. easy. Well, yeah, I I remember, you know, obviously I wasn't a Bon Jovi fan at, at that age, but I remember going, wait, didn't because at first you just think this is the same song you've already heard, right? Meaning, right? Meaning, yes. yeah, like yeah. I'm a cowboy on a steel horse I ride. Right. Is that but older the, song, right? So, yeah. I'll tell okay, you tell guys. me what. Tell okay. me. What you're... So here's the thing. So here's the thing. I I don't know that one of the reasons. Two of the reasons. The first one that, that fascinates me about this is that's exactly what he did. So. They're going to make, I thought this was from Young Guns 1, but it's not. So they're making the Young Guns sequel. And Emilio the Deuce. Be- the Deuce. The Deuce. And Emilio Estevez says to him, I guess because they're pals, um, hey, man, we want to put Wanted Dead or Alive in the in the movie. And John thinks about it and goes, no, um, that song's about the road, about a cowboy on the road. The cowboy's a metaphor. It's like, uh, you know, the Bob Seger song. It's like... Um, you know, what's the, the road? Um, turn the page. Turn the page. Yeah, it's yeah. like that. It's it's about being on the road, you know, and uh, your movie's about real cowboys. So let me write a real cowboy song. Yeah. You know, where instead of having a steel horse, I have an actual horse. Instead of having a, you know, a six string on my back, I got an actual six gun in my pocket. <laughs> there's no, there's no other choice on the planet for Emilio at that point. Not, I, I guess not. not. One. I mean, he you can't wants... go to fucking George Strait well, right there, now. Like there's... before he, before breakfast, go to fucking George Strait. <laughs> the fuck's the matter with you there, there's more to the story so uh so then 
so I guess they go, I well, I is. guess, okay, John. And so he um, goes to the movie set in Moab or wherever this video shot to. It's, you know, this uh, Red Rock looking stuff. And he goes to the set. And there's a story from Kiefer Sutherland, who is also part of this. is sort of the end of the Brat Pack movies, because Lou Diamond Phillips is in this, and Emilio and, and Kiefer, and Christian Slater. And he goes to he, he goes to the set, and um, Kiefer has this story about how they're all eating hamburgers at a diner. And John grabs a napkin and scribbles the lyrics to this song. And Kiefer says how he goes... You know, we're sitting there eating fucking hamburgers, and this asshole grabs a napkin and writes a hit song in two seconds, and we all felt stupid. <laughs> and he plays it for the director and for Emilio on the set, and they're like, yeah, that's great. This is, we should do this. And my whole point is, of course this was an easy, easy to write this song. He'd already written it <laughs> two years before. It's the same fucking song yeah. as Wanted Dead or Alive. It's, and and I, love, I love the idea that it's a... It's a, it's a, it's it, just like the sequel is the shitty version of Young Guns. This is the shitty version of Wanted Dead or Alive. <laughs> and I, I don't know if I've ever heard anyone who's, who's done this before. It was just, there's an audacity to it that there's, was like, wow. And then I was researching all this and I knew, and here's what put me over the edge, fellas, and you're not expecting this. I looked at it and this lands right on the doorstep of our old friend, Danny Cooch. Oh boy, Danny Kormachar. That's where this. Am I saying that right? Kormachar. Kormachar. Yeah. This lands right on the doorstep of Danny Cooch. I like you when you pronounce it Kormachar. Kormachar is better. It's like Amy Klobuchar. (laughs) (laughs) Danny Kormachar. Danny Cooch. It lands right in his doorstep. So they go to him and go, "Okay, you got to because this is John's first solo record after being as John Bon Jovi as opposed to the band Bon Jovi. Correct. Because they've been they've done they've done Slippery When Wet. You give love a bad name. Living, uh, living on a prayer. Wanted dead or alive, and they've done New Jersey also, which is basically a copy of that, which comes into this later. And they, uh, so they hate each other. The whole band. They've been on the road forever, and they just don't want to see each other. So he goes to do this, and this is his first thing by himself. And so, was they, it a single or a solo album? Solo album. Okay. And on this album, this, this, just this song, Jeff Beck plays this lead. It's that slide. Yep. Deal? And the and the lead. Um it's Benmont from uh Tom, Tom Petty. Petty. Yeah. It's Randy Jackson. It's Kenny Arnoff. Like Danny Cooch calls in the fucking cavalry to fix this yeah. and make this cool because Bon Jovi's band is not available. And this record, there's other songs in the record, and Elton John's on it, and fucking everybody's on this record. He calls everybody in. Danny Cooch calls in all the favors for this. Mm. And this is nominated for a Grammy and an Oscar. Oh, <laughs> it didn't win. <laughs> yeah. But it's God, who's, who's more bitter about that, too? How much does he think that he was robbed? John, I've been robbed, Bon Jovi. Yeah. About <laughs> and, everything and, that and, ever happens in his life. And look, Nobody respects me. I didn't get an Oscar. That's awesome nothing. that he didn't get it. And he performed it, it at the Oscars. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I will, and I will, and, and look, and I'm a, and there's a lot of things a lot to like about Bon Jovi, and I do like him. Um, like what? <laughs> <laughs> like what? Like what do you like about him? I, For I like, instance. I like Wanted Dead or Alive. There, there's a lot of- It's your song. problem. I know. But Can I interject something about Wanted Dead or Alive? Sure. Yeah. Uh, especially the fact that it's, you're, you're saying that they- this is the kind of watered down yeah, oh, second yeah. verse. Yeah. I love the fact that he was saying, Hey man, that's just a song about being on the road when every lyric is about being a cowboy. 
Right. Well, this is almost the same lyrics. He keeps right. saying Right. I'm sorry to, I'm referring to a completely different song and what's in the torture chamber, but I, I'm just now annoyed about that story where he's like, oh, no, man, point. that's about being on the road. It's like, right. that's Wouldn't called Wanted, Dead or Alive. What does it have to do with being on the road? It'd be funny if he did, if he started talking about roadies setting up his cables and stuff in Blaze of Glory. You're like, hold on a second. You can't do that. Well, that, it, it, you it don't does, get to do that. I mean, have you guys ever heard of this? I've never heard of someone. Elton John did that, that with uh, Candle in the Wind. Yeah. He oh, well, he redid it. For, for yeah. the, I was going to say, right. yeah. uh, Chubby Checker did the twist, and then the next year <laughs> he did, let's, let's twist, twist again. again. Let's twist again. Like we did last summer. <laughs> like we did last summer. But I mean, it's just Any shots you shit. feel like twisting? That was the third. <laughs> well, let, let's hear a little more, and then I'll tell All some right. more story. Okay. Nine minutes of the song is that going around and around on that, yep, so yep. they could get the sweet vista shots. Mm-hmm. Right. I'd rather listen to Keeper Sutherland's music that he made while he was making hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> this is some burger music. <laughs> Tell me that I'm wanted. He's wanted. See, yeah. same yeah. thing. Yeah, <laughs> of course it is. Kane was the able. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, get that lyric is I'm a colt in your stable. I'm what Kane was to Abel. Mister, won't you catch me if you can? He's it's wordy. Kill his brother. It's very wordy. That sounds like <laughs> lyrics that were written in a diner. <laughs> on a napkin <laughs> with Kane. Yeah, there is some fucking hoagie sauce on that. Does that say, <laughs> oh, I don't know does what the that fuck say I Kane meant. and Abel? Yeah. I don't know. There's mustard here. I don't know. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, God damn it, Kiefer. You're going to finish your fries, aren't you? <laughs> he was like, I, I, I'll just, ch- ch- let me just change that lyric. The waitress comes back. Can I get my pen back, please? I got another oh. customer. He's got the iced tea on it. Oh, no. <laughs> I guess I'm stuck Excuse with it. Excuse me, Mr. Bon Jovi. Can I get my pen back? Just clicks it that loud, loudly. <laughs> you guys want dessert? You cowboys want dessert? <laughs> You cow fucks. Cow fucks want dessert. Nice Uh, cowboy hat, by the way. Where'd you get that? (laughs) Dork. Where'd you get that sweat dressing? (laughs) You want more coffee, John Wayne? (laughs) (laughs) He gets, he has, you know, John Bon Jovi has fucking like brim. He (laughs) He drinks brim. brim. (laughs) He he doesn't, I don't do well with caffeine. Sorry. Do you have brim? You're in Moab, brim. Utah, you son of a bitch. No. <laughs> Sanka. Do you have any green tea? <laughs> Hibiscus. <laughs> oh, boy. God, he's an asshole. I always thought that backup vocal yeah, well, was, sounds like a guy from another song. Well, it, but, but, but that's the thing is the sound. That's the other thing. That, it sounds like Richie. Is it, it not well, Richie? Yeah, it's, it's not Richie. That's what I was so. Is that John doing his own harmony? I, I don't it sounds know. Like him. I, I was so confounded by this because I, ass- I assumed that Cooch <laughs> could be the Cooch. <laughs> I thought about that. Like the, no, Cooch is playing the melodica. <laughs> yeah, the Jews are. Right? Well, I just thought, I just thought like the. Put the fucking Hooters thing away. Every song. I just, uh, Cooch starts pulling the, the Hooter out of his bag and then he gets tackled no, immediately. By, by the way, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> fucking no! Slow but, motion. No. By the way, I'm pretty sure that I, 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 I have to go back. I'm pretty sure I looked at this a long time, but that in, the, I think, Wadi Wachtel. 
plays the plays the guitar and and the what's it called the recorder what's the name of this fucking thing it's not the a melodica ooh, melodica i believe yeah. he plays melodica on this record somewhere. oh not on this song not on this okay. song yeah, but yeah. on the record somewhere because yeah. it, it's every great the guy, musician. the guy from the hooters like i'm right here <laughs> like it's the one thing he does is play the hooter and they get someone else to play it yeah, it's yeah just, his schedule is wide open at this time <laughs> you don't have to get wadi i can do it i can do it it's just you know but yeah, like, I, I, they'll hire me for fucking Young Guns three. I know it. But I was, <laughs> I was with you, Aaron, when I thought like I assumed through. I didn't know this was for even Young Guns two. Like I said, but I assumed Rich, that Richie was on this with him because that's that sound right there with Richie a little higher than John is the sound of Bon Jovi. Yeah. Whether it's Wanted or Alive or any yeah. of the other songs, them singing in harmony like that is what. I've always is thought, what it is. Yeah, I, I know what you're that's saying. The that's the sound of Bon Jovi. Exactly. But I I've always thought that sounds like. Uh, John harmonizing himself. Oh, maybe it is. I, I, trying to replicate the 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 Richie sound, definitely. Yeah. But not. But it's John. I, I just I just realized it. Um, like if <laughs> like Dan, Danny Cooch. It's like it's like uh, it's like Cooch and Cross. It sounds like a, like a like a like a um, like an un, like an unreleased or unshot uh, Stephen Bochco pilot, <laughs> starring like uh, yeah, kind of a, a Dennis Franz. Uh, yeah, it's Cross, it's Cross and Cooch. Yeah, or, uh, <laughs> like a, a mismatch uh, cop. <laughs> right, a mismatch like, cop. Yeah, yeah. Right. Or uh, or it's a uh, morning zoo. Right, yeah. morning zoo guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm the Cooch, <laughs> and I'm the Cross. No, like 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 a walrus. <laughs> the cooch and the crow they all have these funny nicknames with their right that era of guy yeah, yeah. all right let's listen to more john Now we got, sorry, we're looking at the video, but now we got movie clips coming in here. Yeah. Just vaguely annoying. That was way too many words for yeah, that it's line. Very, it's very wordy. That's the yeah. same thing with the Cabe and Abel thing. It's very wordy. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah again, napkin, diner. <laughs> Maybe cut a few. Distracted by the other guys at the table. Like, yes. You could have you taken this somewhere. Mm-hmm. He got nominated for an Oscar. You didn't. It's true. <laughs> I was nominated the next year, so at least I have that. You know, I think this is the year, Damon, that we won that Palm Springs uh, Music Award. It was 1990. <laughs> I still have that award here. The so, like, best new you, band? You t- yeah, you take that back. Uh, Rodney <laughs> Beinheimer gave us an award the same fucking year, bro. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Aaron, won it. Palm Springs would be cooler. It was Palm Desert. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's the it's the the, the, the Take Laquita Easy Award Film Festival. <laughs> oh my god! Huh? The Desert, John Wayne. Come on, guys, it's pretty good. Yeah, everything is coming together on this show. It is. It is. I like that they're painting themselves as these fucking roughnecks, but they're all these fucking 
fruity actors and dopey John Bon Jovi. Real, real fucking Hellraisers. Richard Harris and Peter O'Toole. Karate. Yeah. You want some real? You <laughs> right. want some real roughnecks? It'd be those dudes. Kick everybody's ass. Live harder. Party harder. Probably kill more people in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Harris murdered. Of course he has. Of course, yeah, he dude. Is. When you went to a Richard Harris, Peter O'Toole, you, you know, might die. Extravaganza. Yeah, there's, there's a chance that like a party guest would actually get run over by the by the convertible or something, and they would just quietly by the MG. Yeah, by the MG, <laughs> they would just quietly pay someone to make it go away. But it was yeah. It was suffice a, to say, somebody went missing. Look, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't come to the next party. I don't know. Apparently, somebody, somebody drowned. I don't know. I, don't uh, <laughs> I also wanted to point out that. Uh, you know, as we were talking before about the little fair girls all wearing the the little choker necklace, yeah. John's wearing one of those in this right, video. Right. Yeah, but it's, Native, it's Native American, though, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which reflects his maturity. <laughs> this and guy, also, he's part uh, chalk. No, he isn't at all. No. <laughs> he's, he's from all Pas- asshole. He's from Passaic. <laughs> all right. Which so. in Indian, which Passaic in Indian, Aaron means. Oh, that's easy. It's it's hey, dope, you're sitting on my jacket. <laughs> Nobody ever say asshole. <laughs> Paula Cole enunciates beer, but John goes, yeah, he's still going on that one. Yeah, he's had, he, there's no N in this entire uh, no. song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back. Do you think that like Jeff Beck just did that once and went, all right, I pissed my Jeff Beck on the song. I could, they, they were probably going, we can't say anything. It was Jeff Beck, well, but well, Danny I Cooch, wish he would do another take. Danny Cooch could. You think Cooch had that I, I kind do, of power? I think maybe he even went like, you know, it, it, no, Richie wouldn't do that. Can you more war of a... I'm Jeff <laughs> you don't Beck. Say that to, yeah. I'm Jeff Beck, goddammit. Yeah, but Richie wouldn't he wouldn't do that. He's not going to play that note. Here's a, here's a bizarre question. Why didn't Cooch just play the solo? I don't know. Huh. Because they could get Jeff Beck. Yeah, he doesn't have the marquee value that, uh, Jeff, I probably won't show up anyways, Beck. I'm just finding out now, 30 odd years yeah, later, yeah. that that was Jeff Beck. I know. So I, I don't did, think there's I a know, marquee I was, involved. I was blown away that they had that many guys on this track. All those great guys. All I those, yeah. I don't know. That, that solo, I, I never got the whole Jeff Beck thing. I wasn't. Was well, you're like, not a Beckhead. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Keep going here. And again, it, it goes around and around, and it's also the other song. Right, yeah, it's <laughs> so, the same as one in Dead or Alive. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, and both weird. those songs together are are yeah, fucking MacArthur Park's a better song than those two <laughs> slammed together. <laughs> I, I like More one in Dead or Alive. I like it. It's your problem. I know. I know. <laughs> Do you still like it? Do you like it more because of this song? Because this song is the is the 
no. dirty side of the mirror of that one? I don't. Does it make I, you I have like to, the I have other to one be in a, I have to be in a certain mood to even entertain a song as fucked out as <clears throat> Wanted Dead or Alive. I, I can't listen to it anymore at all. <sighs> I mean, maybe it's a Friday afternoon, I'm on the 405 and I'm mentally weak. <laughs> when you're on your steel horse and yeah, just my, going on home. my steel horse, <laughs> just sitting there going five miles an hour, maybe... <laughs> I'll go back to 1986, but it's not. It's uh, not so much that I hate the song. It's it's played so much and so many times that I don't. I could say that about almost every other song too. So, I'm starting to wonder if this song because I'm we're watching the video. I'm making the video point only because this is striking me now as I'm seeing it. Bon Jovi himself looks super dreamy in this. He's super hunky. Oh my god! Yeah, he's George. And, and they and he's out in this really awesome as you said, kind of red roxy looking oh, yeah. landscape oh, yeah. with these cool aerial shots and everything going on. And that wasn't fucking drones and, back then, my friend. They got a helicopter. Yeah, that was that the day. real deal. <laughs> and I'm remembering like, if you've ever seen the, the video for Ray of Light by Madonna, mm-hmm. it's really awesome. And, I, and I'm watching it going, geez, I think I like a Madonna song. And, I'm, and, then, and then I heard Ray of Light like weeks later, just Without it, the video? At, at a Home Depot or something. Yeah, yeah without the video. And I'm like, this is terrible. Uh, it turns out I just like the video. <laughs> right, yeah. So I'm wondering if this song became a hit because he's so hunky and it's such a cool video. Well, and and hurt. Yeah. people weren't listening to the song. Well, I think you're just talking about what videos are. You're breaking it down. You just explained MTV. Well, Aaron, well come you're on. You're a genius. Yeah, no, well, I think Duran Duran had cool videos and they were good songs. You great know what songs, I mean? yeah. Yeah, then this one, this because this this is not a, like a kinetic energy kind of song, mm. uh, but, you know, but, you know, handsomeness and, and, and bitching fucking overhead shots. Fucking rad, dude. And looks things look shiny. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I, he is he is gorgeous in this. He's it's yeah, it's 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 something, and the song's not good. I care. The fucking the military drum. Yeah, yeah. We, I, I, that that seems like a oh, very fucking like it's so hammy. They called in the hammy. guy from Convoy to do that. Just that. <laughs> Exclusively, uh, you think they told Kenny? They t- they told Kenny Aronoff. Yeah, hey, you remember? You Kenny. remember Convoy? Okay, so eight stroke roll. <laughs> well, you what you mean like the fifty waves? No, no, I don't mean that, Kenny. I do think this is a a a, a bold choice or an odd choice to do that for the breakdown Dumb. here of the last verse to go into military drumming. I thought that was like wow, they really chose to do that. Yeah, it's an odd choice, I'm- right? We, we, I guess we could blame Cooch for that, right? Yeah, we could blame Cooch. Yeah, for sure. Producer. Right in his yeah. doorstep, as I said. Yeah. As soon as I saw his name, I'm like, I am doing this song this week. Because I it's just it's right in his doorstep. Yeah, you said he would rear his head, and it didn't even, it took like two episodes. And then he <laughs> rears his ugly head again. Because it's right at the end of the eight, it's 1990. So this is yeah. just before Nirvana crashes all of this. Yeah. And yeah. Lord, I gotta ask a favor. What did he say? Let this boy die like a man. He's about to get shot. They're, so they're, yeah, yeah. they're playing the thing like he's about to be put up against the wall and be shot because he's a he's a fucking outlaw. So they're playing the military thing like he's going to get shot by the by the oh, fuzz. Well, I, I, would, was, I would disagree a little bit. I believe he's going out in a blaze of glory. Say like, so it's a de- it's Butch it, and Sundance. It's just Butch and Sundance. Yes, yeah. let him go out. Yeah, right. Okay. Somebody shoot him. Yeah. Someone shoot him. Someone shoot him. Right. Someone in his or Please. us just to put us out of our misery. 
I'd hurt. love for John Wayne to show up and fucking right some wrongs. <laughs> God Jesus. damn it, John. Validate yourself. <laughs> you goddamn long hairs. <laughs> Protesting Vietnam. Uh, it's 1990, John. No, that's... He puts two slugs in him. Pow, pow. Get a haircut. By the way, terrible Don John Wayne. <laughs> that's, that's the outline. Yeah. Get a haircut. As great as this show is, you're in loathing, we got to work on our accents. We're, you know, we really do. Let me tell you something, Pilgrim. Get a haircut. <laughs> I don't know. You sound like a bad, a bad John Wayne impersonation driving by really quick, so it's like the Doppler effect. It's a drive by John Wayne, which can you do a drive by with like a six shooter? I don't know. I think you need a, a Mac 10 for that. But it would be great if somebody just came by just suddenly out of nowhere, like right at the end of the third verse, he just gets gunned down. Yeah. That's it. You out, you want blaze of glory. Let this boy die like <laughs> he's been asking all song to be taken seriously and then to die. Right. <laughs> That's got to be Kenny Aronoff, right? Shut yeah. That's the same fill as uh, Jack and Diane, very isn't close. it? Yeah. Shut I love Kenny Aronoff, but uh, that's very reminiscent. It's retread. It's Young Guns 2, and everybody's right. retreading. Yeah, exactly. John's retreading. Aronoff's retreading. It's what Cooch wanted, guys. It's John and Diane. Yeah, right. Speaking yes. of going out in a blaze of glory, we're just all chorus at this point. Well, or? but you get, the, but no, come on, you get the bam, but down, bam, bam, down, down, and I'm, I'm for the time. eighth time yeah, right. in the song. Yeah, don't want to miss that because <laughs> we're looking Shit. at another minute. Oh yeah, we of are. this. Does, is there any other verses? Pro- there's probably a lot of stuff at the end, like grand shots of just the quiet of the of the you know of the tableau yeah. of the red rock. This is, but and, this is an audio experience for our ear and loving listeners. It is okay. All right. I'm I mean, still... I can keep going if you want, but I'm I'm looking at another no. let's hear, minute. Let's, of... let's hear a little more. Let's hear a little more. A little more. Yeah, a little more. All right. What an outro. Big Phil. There it is. Yeah, do we have to hear this again? America, fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone need to hear any more of this? No, we don't. No, I do have to say this, though, as the the, uh, epilogue to this, I suppose, is that what makes me mad about this is it worked. And here's what I'm going to, here's what I found out as I studied this. So what John said was that this was a, the the Western part of this and everything on this record was about really where he was as, as a person at the time being between should Bon Jovi go on or what was next or what was going to happen. And it was unsure at the time. And the background of this also is when they made New Jersey, they and and again, we come back to the doorstep of Desmond Child. Oh boy! Yeah. So when they, because of you give love a bad name and um, living on a prayer, so when they make New Jersey, they do um, they give bad medicine, 
and they do Born to Be My Baby, which are both Desmond songs, and they are exactly co- very close to copies of of You Give Love a Bad Name and um, Living on a Prayer. Almost the same thing, like Born to Be My Baby has the same stuff in it about the heavy metal Bruce Springsteen, we eaten on a TV tray and we're you're born to be my baby and all that stuff. And they actively tried to do that again, which I think gives rise and birth to this song where he thinks, well, I can actively try to do that. It's almost like Desmond taught them how to write a pop metal song, which is what they were celebrated for is merging those two things. Mm-hmm. And... So, but John said that that he it, he felt this reflected what where he was as, as a person at the time, and he was in transition, trying to become something else. Which, to his credit, this is the part that bothers me. It worked. He became they, they moved. He was able to shed the heavy metal hair, and his hair's kind of cut here, but not oh. all the way. And he was able to shed that, and and the band was able to become something else in the nineties. Yeah, where they even had country hits. It was the, the one of the one of the songs on Lost Highway. I think, I, th- I think you can't go home or something. Is was the only song ever a rock song to become a number one country hit. And he was able to move his career and change. And this step, however, ham ham fisted and ill advised, was mm. the first step in that. And the other bands like his contemporaries would be Motley Crue or Def Leppard weren't really able to do that. Mm. He was able to move his and become an adult contemporary country artist throughout the nineties and become something else. And this was the catalyst for the whole thing of him changing. As I think back to Bon Jovi, what I knew about and was aware of back then, what, Mm -hmm. what, you know, as, as it crossed over into the nineties was, didn't he just basically what do do take the Aerosmith route, which was just doing a lot of ballads some, you know, some. like, but but they did become country. They became a different yeah. band. Like for instance, they became a different band. Shot down in a bed of roses. Yes, bed of roses <laughs> is similar. Yeah, but but as they went on later on, they became a, almost a country act. Yeah, and they, they have a few records that are almost country records. What was that one about that? Like Frankie <clears throat> said, "I'm." It's my life, wasn't that the nineties? It's my life. Yeah, like that was a hit song, and, and yeah. a lot of these were more hits in Europe and abroad. That it's my life song was more of that like it sounded like um uh like a Backstreet Boys song. Yes, where it's, right. it's, it's, it's I think it's actually it. done with those dudes, right? You're exactly the right. Swedish the, sweet, the Swedish dudes, <clears throat> Max Martin. You're exactly right. Yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then John Shanks did a lot of these records, and so he did a lot of uh, he did a lot of uh, changing, and it's easier I think than he did. when you said like as opposed to Motley Crue, but like yeah. it was it was key that he did that because it was easier for someone to start buying into the idea that, oh, this guy could be different. Not five guys can be looked at in a different way. His people were sort of small minded then. And so like he took himself out so that that ended up, it was a really cagey management move. Sure. Yeah. I'm, right. I'm sure as well that it gave the band life ironically by taking him out and doing a solo thing. It gave the band brand life to change. When he went so, back you know, to it after this. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As I, I surprised when I, <clears throat> I was aware of all those songs but I was surprised that he had success throughout the 90s. Well, th- that and- makes me hate him fucking even more, <laughs> right, George. Because, right, I know. Like, what's he such a fucking cunt about all the time? Then? Like, who's got, like, everything he wanted, he got. He was able to fucking change. He was able to be, fly the flag of fucking metal guy. And then he was able to have some, like, Swedish pop songwriters. And then he had a fucking country fucking thing. Like, yeah, what yeah. more do you want? You absolute <laughs> right. asshole. Oh, he seems a bit dissatisfied still. Yeah. I'm, I'm a running bit. a company and there's a lot of... Pressure He's on bitter me all and, the time. Oh, I know. 
Yeah, and but probably because he bought that fucking indoor arena league football team. Right, right. The, the Philadelphia, <laughs> Philadelphia Soul. The Philadelphia Soul. Yes, exactly. <laughs> nice job, John. And, and he tried. He speaking tried, of going down in a blaze of glory. Well, in speaking right on the doorstep of of Damon Pipitone, um, he tr- he he was in the group that wanted to buy the Bills. Yeah. <laughs> Right, I, it he was, didn't have quite have that kind of money. I believe Donald in Trump. Fact, Donald I, Trump might have been his partner in that. No, no, I think <laughs> there was it was Trump dirty tricks. I, this is what I heard. Yeah, that Trump planted the story of Bon Jovi's team of investors claiming they were going to move the bills out of Buffalo, right. which wasn't true. Oh, right. But it was Trump's dirty tricks team that that planted that that story in the media, <laughs> right. which is yeah. why that that whole thing fell apart with Bon Jovi. I don't as much as John has money. I don't think he has that kind of money, though. So, yeah, he, but wasn't he on, in a team of investors? Investors, but you couldn't yeah. just be him. Like, right, the guy right. that bought the bills ended up being maybe the guy who's the Penguins and the the Sabers, who yeah. actually has right. Yeah. Sorry, Sabers, and yeah. has a lot of money. But anyway, what an yeah, asshole I, he is. Just the worst. Like you just explained all these rad things for John, yeah, I know. and he's the shittiest guy in the world. He's just pissed all the time. No one takes me seriously. I don't get to do what I want. And he was an actor in like in a very real way. Well, yeah, yeah he that, got roles. He that was. was he that, fuck yeah, he fucking was in like two or three. He was in that World War Two movie where yeah, the, we had the, to believe that John Bon Jovi what, what, was on a fucking submarine. John Bon Jovi's in a submarine. Ooh, talk more. Tell me, I'm interested. <laughs> and they down. and they can't get out, and there's no women. Oh well, <laughs> that was the one with Matthew McConaughey where they they had U five seven one. Yeah, it was the fakey one, and they made the fake German submarine. And like, Moonlight what, what do you Valentino? want, John? You fucking asshole. <laughs> Right. Well, yeah. Th- it's but, on Thirty Rock for Christ's sake. But it did. But do do are you do you have any um, respect or reverence for him because he anticipated? No. No. Okay. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I think. He had, he had, no. I think he had rad management, and you know, I mean, obviously that was directed by John. You know, because the he management's dumped, not going to. No. No. He so. dumped Doc McGee in '91 and said, "All right, I'm doing this myself." And it, right. well, it, I mean, it like pisses it, it, me off he, that it worked, but it did. He had... Yeah, no, I mean, he, he did it. He, he did it, you know, but I don't have any respect for him. I think that he got what he wanted. And so, and 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 then he was an asshole about it. Mm-hmm. He, he never seemed thankful or happy about it when like literally every swung he took, he hit. Right, every right. one. There was a few clunkers. Every one. A few clunkers in there. No, but, but that doesn't matter. Not, right, but not right. in the scope of a career. No, no. To be not. able to change like seven different times. Yep. And then lose Richie and still have hits? Yep. Fuck yeah. you. <laughs> it, it all worked. He's a relentless worker. And that's why he lost Richie. And but but the other the other bands of that time didn't like as soon as Grunge came along, as soon as you know, he's you know, as soon as Kurt came along, it, it killed everything in a second. It that yeah. killed everything in a second. But it didn't quite kill him. He avoided a death blow. Yeah. He maybe got an arm wound, but he didn't That's the other thing. He survived that with a plum. He did. Did. And didn't have to get like gnarlier, like yeah. like some bands, like Molly Crew did their like their their like rough, more rough record and stuff like that. He yeah, didn't do grunge like record, that. right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, his stuff just that. got. Sh- if anything, it got shinier. It did. Yeah, it's like his forehead. Yeah, and, well, and, well, and, that's the, and that's the thing about it. I, I think about now too is that is that all the all those other guys are still dyeing their hair and wearing the bandanas because they're probably bald, like yeah. Brett yeah. Michaels and Nikki and whoever. And but John but John just let it go gray. Mm-hmm. Now he looks kind of like your handsome Italian grandmother, <laughs> like like you or something twenty five years ago. Yeah, like she he, he's still pretty but has the gray hair. Yeah, it's just he, now he aged he aged smart. You know yeah, he aged he, smart. Know. He by the way he's only sixty. Huh. He's not that much older than us. Hmm. 
which makes me feel smaller. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're aging like shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, come on, are JBJ. we? JBJ. Come on. Come on. I, I put my hair up against, and yours, and Aaron's up against John's. That's true. Yeah. And uh, By the way, speaking of my hair, last night at the gig, a lesbian started chatting me up because she loved my hair. <laughs> She maybe thought you were Katie Lang. And she, and she, and she started. I've she always started said that you're the that? male Katie Lang. That's right. And she started with that. Hey, I like your hair. Can I buy I, you a I drink? I kid you not. <laughs> the bass player and I were sitting at a table and she kept staring at me from a few tables away. And then, and with big eyes, like, I want to talk, yeah. say something to you. And finally I looked at her and I cause it kind of like waved her over. I said, yeah. Waved she her, goes, she goes, can I come sit with you guys? And I, and I went, okay. And then she, she's proceeded to say, I just have been admiring her hair from across the room. <laughs> And I go, great. <laughs> and then uh, she was wearing like a pride shirt and everything and, and uh, you know, revealed pretty early on that she was a, a lesbian. So I, I should never stop you. Yeah. Should never stop you. Let me see if you can change your mind. Yeah. <laughs> Is my hair convincing enough? So anyway, that I'll was a, you touch a my little hair. Pa- parenthetical well, thought that like I, my hair got me nowhere. <laughs> so anyway, Aaron. The world wants to know. The world wants to know. Which now, you know who wants to know the most is Clem Clemson because this both of these <laughs> these songs are right up his yeah, alley. He, loves, got, he loves, loves both of these numbers. Cowboys yeah. and uh, Blazes of Glory going on here. <laughs> cowboys and, and cowboys. <laughs> and you need to tell us which one was more of a torture this week. Well, I'll tell you. Um, we mentioned <laughs> Lilith Fair a few. We mentioned uh, Lilith Fair a few times. Uh, this episode and uh you want to know who uh was on stage at Lilith Fair uh when they did the Rose Bowl? You. Paula Cole? Me. Oh <laughs> me. <What? laughs> you. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Me and Bill Bell, uh, because Tara McLean was playing uh at the at the show, and so we got we got tickets, and so we went, and then Bill Bell dragged me backstage and cause he knew that there was a that for at the end of every show. They did uh, "What's Going On," oh, yeah. Marvin Gaye song. Sarah, Sarah's would finish her set, and then all the people, all the other singers, Erica Badu and them, uh, and Natalie Merchant would all come out and hit the stage. And and not only did me and Bill Bell get on stage, but we had a riser just to the left of the drums, <laughs> and we had our own microphone. <laughs> And so me and Bill Bell in front of the fucking Rose Bowl were sh- sharing mic with a live microphone and our and monitors and everything, singing "What's going on?" I tell you what's going on, and 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 so it was a blitzed out insane good time. But like as we were making our way from backstage onto stage, Erica Badu was standing there and she takes a look at me, then looks back at me and looks away, and then to my face goes, "Man, they're letting everybody on stage." <laughs> Including this asshole. <laughs> yeah. And so Bill gets me on stage and we do it. And so not, I was, I was all excited to tell cause my, I, my ex-wife was there and like a bunch of our friends were at the show and at the Rose Bowl, you got, you get separated from people, but eventually you found yeah. each other. And I was all excited to tell them, Hey, I was on stage with Bill Bell. And before I can, they come running up the hill to see me. <laughs> You motherfucker, we saw you on the Jumbotron like nine times. (laughs) (laughs) They just kept cutting to us. And the thing that's ostensibly about all the gals and all the radness that the two dopey dudes on stage who should have been there. 
And a more appropriate song title couldn't have been. What's uh, going yeah. on? What's, yeah, with what's these going on with those guys? I was going to say, I thought it was the <laughs> one from uh, from Linda Perry. <laughs> yeah, just hijacking Lilith there. Yeah, I, I pictured uh, assholes. I pictured Sarah McLaughlin like seeing. First of all, how did you? Who invited you on? Or did, did Bill just say, "Hey, let's Bill, sneak up there"? Because he had, he had, we had passes, and then he had an but artist. The passes pass, don't so mean just they're not on how, stage. How, how do you get a microphone Aaron, called, and a riser? Yeah, they're called yeah, backstage yeah, passes, not on stage passes. Look, that Lilith runs an easy an easy show. <laughs> that we go back there. It might have been because there's so many, um, so many acts that were going to theoretically come out and do it. My theory later on was that somebody was meant to be at that microphone, not us. I mean, clearly it wasn't us, but like we were standing there. I think the song even started. We were standing side stage and we just went, fuck it, let's just go. Cause no one was at that microphone. Yeah. Cause it might have been for Sinead or somebody else <laughs> who just was like, fuck it, I don't want to go on were for the fucking the finale. Penis fuck was on stage? Was you? No, 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 because a lot okay. of because Sarah's band was still there playing. She, she had mostly Who's fellas. Sarah, in the band. what's that? Sarah McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin. Okay, sorry. Because yeah. right. it's her show. I it's pictured Sarah like, you know, she she's smiling to the crowd and like, look at us all this unity <laughs> singing. What's going on with our arms around each other? And then she sees Aaron and Bill on the and, and her eyes cut over to the road crew. It just gives them the look. Oh, like, get Aaron, rid of these guys. Aaron, did you have your pompadour then? <laughs> Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. Yeah. What kind of yeah. question is that? Yeah, I don't. Duh. I don't. I don't. Well, I don't. I didn't know him then. Do you have COVID? <laughs> yeah. It was, it was so. So. All right. Back. Back. Because back of to that. Because yes. of that. Yes. Because of that. Yes. Uh, I got. I got. And plus, I love. I love Paula Cole's voice. I just love it. I love it so much. Uh, I think that song is goofy. I find that but, surprising that you you uh, you're way more into Paula Cole than I thought you would be. Yeah, I, I fell in love with her watching um, uh, the, uh, uh, what was that tour that Peter, the one she did. Um, Let's beat him up. Secret, secret <laughs> fucking, what the fuck was it? Secret, not secret garden tour. Anyways, she did a tour with Peter Gabriel and it just broke my heart the what she did with like, don't give up and stuff. Um, and so I love her. I think that song is garbage, but I love her. So I, I got it with ease. With ease, I say. It's fucking John fuck off Bo- Jovi. Oh, he's, su- he's such a sad sack. And he wears the sad sack that everybody knows. Like, like the rap on him is that he's a fucking sad sack. It's like, you dirty fucker. All the shots you got. All the shots. Um, I have a quick fuck story. Off. I just remembered. Wait a second. Wait one second, George. Yes. Oh, sorry. We have to do the thing. Right. Yes. And so I say, yeah. I won. I'm the winner. Winning. I'm a loser again. Damon loses. Loser Damon. Those drums are even louder than Kenny Aronoff's. Gotta, gotta love that. Get don't but don't get don't but don't like that. All right, what's your story? Oh, that I that um so when I'm uh I just remember this when I'm when working on Everybody Loves Raymond. And so it's uh, in the building we're in is the Chuck Jones where Chuck Jones was Bugs Bunny Chuck the Jones animator, yeah. from 1955 to 1995. And it has this old um, uh, intercom system in it where you press like 19 and you can talk through those new tone speakers oh, that right. are throughout the whole thing. And we yeah. use that a lot. And so one time and, and Ray would get on it and, and do jokes sometimes or summon people. So one time I say in my office, 
and Ray, and I just hear Ray, and he gets on it, and he goes, and George White, please come do a bad Ray Romano's terrible thing again, yeah. accent again. And George White, please come to my office for a rock and roll conference or something. He says something, and this had happened. They'd call me to the writer's room for an explanation of things sometimes. And I go down to Ray's office, and Ray's from New York, and his wife's from New Jersey, I believe, or New York, and and his wife is a big John Bon Jovi fan. And so Ray, I go in Ray's office and he goes, he goes, and he has a video is up of John Bon Jovi on his TV. And he goes, he goes, well, what's he doing here? Well, what's what you, what you doing? And I go, what do you mean, Ray? Why'd you call me? He goes, because I'm a rock and roll guy that maybe I can answer the question, explain <laughs> another rock and roll guy yeah. what he's doing. And it's John and he's in front of um, like what looks like his private bar. And I guess it's, it's Ray's wife's birthday. And so Ray's big enough star now that somebody, his management, whatever, reached out to John, whatever, and John is now giving Ray's wife a birthday message. But John has decided, instead of being a rock and roller, he's going to be funny. Oh. And so he's doing kind of a roast or these jokes, I can't exactly remember, these kind of jokes that are self-deprecating but like i'm not as handsome as ray but yeah. like that kind of joke and ray just doesn't understand as a comedian what he's doing <laughs> and he wants me to explain as if i'll know yeah. well, what's he doing why is he doing this well, what's he doing <laughs> was this on a dvd yeah, that... no it's on like a vhs or maybe oh, yeah. a dvd i don't so, know but, 2002 but ray's yeah. previewing this before he shows it to his wife yes correct so he's yeah. arranged this thing yes thinking Rocker John Bon Jovi is going to yes. give a rock and roll message to my wife, rock and roll wife. But now he's doing humor. Yeah, he's he doing a stickola. Stick instead. Yeah, yeah. And so I have to explain it to him, like, well, and I go, Ray, well, you know, he, you're funny, and I get what he's doing. Don't you know? He yeah. is. He's trying to be funny because you're funny, and he's not. I get it, but look, it, she'll love it because it's John Bon Jovi, and he's gorgeous, and he's just gonna. It, she'll love it. Just show it to her. It's the best gift she's ever going to get. Ever. So just don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And and, that, and I think that kind of comes down to what the video is that we're talking about. It's not great material, but he's gorgeous, so who cares? <laughs> right. <laughs> so it doesn't really... Because I think at that time in 1990, after them being so popular, that they could have done anything. They could have written a... A shitty song, a version of another song they already done on a cocktail napkin, and it would have been a hit. Oh, wait, that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They- yeah. They played out the worst case scenario. Yeah, they did. Well, I guess uh, uh, George wins. If if anyone's curious, the score is now five to four to four. George pulls ahead. We were joking a few weeks ago going, George down in the number two, two, the three position with two points. He came storming back. Now now a commanding lead. A commanding lead. Yeah, commanding (laughs) five to four to four lead. Um, So... Uh, oh, Joe! And going into a bye week. <laughs> While we're, I, I, this is a little shout out to Joey. I see a uh, a text just came in from him. While we're live on the air, hey Joey, I'll read your text later after we're done. <laughs> um, Fans, yeah. So uh, I'm gonna need uh, some just some calming, soothing voice to get me through uh, what what I just experienced. Yeah, it's. Sorbet. Cleanse the palate. I think I'll do that. Yeah, of dirty cowboy leather and shoe. Before we even start, you're so fucking welcome. And 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 (laughs) I I take all the thanks that you're gonna give me. Believe me, I I accept it. So let's let's fuck it. it. Yes, fucking spin it. Let's proceed. 
Are we ready to go? I don't know what this is yet. Clicking. Oh, here we go. Let's see if there's an ad. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I was going to use this. Oh, this is so good. You fucking didn't. This is them. This is them <laughs> at the height of their fucking yes. Album is this? It's fair warning. Fair warning. Fair warning. Okay. And, uh, is that like number the, th- four? It's the fourth one. Yeah. Eighty-one. <clears throat> yeah. The uh, the the original title of this uh, was uh, "Hit the Ground Running." Yep. Uh, right. And then Which they uh, and and there was some and and the lyric sheet that shows that uh, with that with "Hit the Ground Running" um, as the title also solves uh, what was a uh, sort of rumor for a long time that there was any kind of spontaneity to the come on dave give me a break um because it's fully written down on the lyrics yeah right. <laughs> and 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 of course it is i mean like roth roth is is a beautiful performer that is capable of much spontaneity but Everything he is a vaudeville man yeah. with a vaudeville heart and soul and so everything's worked out yep. and there's you know the steps you can't you can't have planned stepping and leave it up to chance. Somebody's right. going to get hurt. Yep. Um, you know that's why there was a a almost invisible mat underneath the uh, right in front of the drum riser for him to land. Uh, so he had extra padding and he didn't roll his ankles every five seconds when he did his jumps. And so uh, so Stage it's in crap. that spirit. Yeah, this fucking this fucking song is the most beautiful fucking rock raw fucking tuned down it's fucking not only is in drop d but it's then it's dropped down a further half step yep. and and then and then there's a move that i was watching this guy online there's a move that all that's done and then he goes notice how when you when you hit these two strings together it doesn't make sense so you've got to further detune the b string so that it does work so it's a further customization and and it is just so rad and it's the it's easily my favorite eddie thing and as I think we mentioned before on this podcast, where it's the how can I get there from here? What he's doing in that unbelievably funky thing where it's like hitting two notes. He's hitting a C and a D. And it's yeah. fucking funky and huge as hell. And that's what's so beautiful about this song to me. So let's fucking hit it some more. Yeah. Here's to your thing. I I can't abide any serious discussion that Roth era and Hagar era are even close. Agree. I I don't <laughs> I don't get bands. why different bands. <laughs> like why is this is this almost like this this a little kid arguing that like the new the new Batman movie even though it sucks still has to claim <laughs> that it's good you know just because he's a Batman fan right, yes. like why did you, when you listen to Dave sing and the lyrics he writes and just his. His attitude and his, his charisma, the, as they said in the yeah, video, the, the, the poetry, the poetry of 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 Roth uh, is is so 
because he's such a beautiful performer and he's, you know, was so striking and so everything, you know, he does get love from true fans. He does get love for the poetry of what he did, but he should get more. He should fucking get more. Uh, and he and should get more. Aaron, you're right. There's a lot of people who kind of say, yeah, of course I prefer Van Halen, but, but Hagar was good. Like, I don't even say Hagar was good too. You can't even, to me, if you're having a serious discussion about rock music, you can't even say Hagar was good too. He's just another band. Like I, I, will, I cut it off yeah. entirely. I say it's an entirely different band of which I like a handful of songs. And Sammy's got got skills of his own that are awesome and immense. Yeah. But as far as this band that I love, it exists in this. Oh yeah. It, it exists in this and almost perfectly in this song. Uh, it is perfect. Yeah, just I'm just a, listening to Dave do his thing, and I'm like, you know, forget Eddie and everybody else who who are also killing it. But I'm just listening to Dave and I'm going. This is fucking rock singing perfection to me. Yeah. And and then then Doofus comes along with his what about love songs or whatever. A lot of love. A lot, a lot of love. Yeah. And Dave just, as weird as show ball as I agree as 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 showy as Dave's heart is, he's he's never corny to me. Never. No, he he doesn't do corny and and he can be silly and is silly for sure, but he's in on it way deeply and and is doing is working an angle He's the Andy Castro of rock. <laughs> well, we, and we, we've does he have a Jetta? <laughs> I'm sure he does. He's he a Pasadena man, of course he does. Yeah, <laughs> a Jetta with a blob pumped. <laughs> you know he does. You know he fucking does. I don't parks it out on Orange Grove. He actually ha- had a uh, a roadie who whose only responsibility was to pull the stereo out and carry it around for him. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, but, forget um, the brown M and M's. But the the David Lee Roth, like this is, I'm going to go deeper on this. The David Lee Roth of of from like of Van Halen was the guy that all of these douchebags, including John Bon Jovi and Brett oh. Michaels and all of those, even uh, you name it, any of those hair bands, they wanted to be him so bad and they were so fucking off the mark. They didn't get it at all. Right. right. You know what he did with, with great technique and skill and practice, but also he, it didn't look like he was trying, but he was just sort of being him. And I know it's contri- a lot of contrived stuff with him. I know that he did that. Because he he himself was a skinny kid from Indiana in his mind, and so he had to become this other guy, and he fucking did. But he but when he did the moves, he didn't look like those other fucking douche nozzles who, who would try to cop it. It's almost like the when you watched Van Halen videos, you just thought you're watching a party happening. Yep. Right. But when you watched uh, Poison videos, you watch guys going, "Hey, check us out partying." It was like such a right. the, the complete like you were observing Van Halen going God I wish I was in that room with them right now and then you're watching right. the Poison and going and they're going aren't we party rocking dudes you know there was this oh, yeah. like, complete opposite uh, effect that they had on me and I'm hoping other people well I, I always think of it like this that as far as that that um, when you know how the you know the um, chart they have of like. Um, how uh, it's a caveman and then a man walking. Yeah, yeah. You know, from, like, of like yeah. evolution. Like like Dave's the upright guy. <laughs> yeah. Or I think of Xerox machines too. Yeah. And then Vince Neil is the Xerox of that, or he's the guy that's kind of slumped over. <laughs> and then Brett's more slumped. Brett Michaels is more slumped yeah. over. And then by the time you get to Janie Lane and Warrant in that, he's completely yeah. uh, he's an ape. <laughs> yeah. He's just completely. Where's the guy from Faster Pussycat? Well, he's, he, he's the tadpole. And they, but you have to throw in. You have to with Faster Pussycat. You got to throw in the, the that's that's more of the gypsy junkie, Stephen Tyler. Right. You got to throw that right. in there, which includes Mick right. Jagger. You have to include that in there. But as far as those singers, 
by the time you get to and and I watched that happen you know where those bands just got deals after deals because they were they did they weren't Dave was the original and as much as he was maybe trying to be like other people too but he was the original and once you get like Brett like you're right Brett Michaels saw them on TV on MTV and like, I want to be like that rather yeah. than and Dave did it in the face of everyone telling him that he was no good oh totally everyone Everybody, including the producer and, of the record yes yeah including <laughs> yeah including Ted yeah right like everyone and he had and he proved him and he and he fucking f- proved it to them and let me like ask one you. after another like people on the strip people da 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 he just kept telling them the band right <laughs> And, and everybody, right, he let, he, everyone. Right, he was in a band that was named he after wasn't some like, other guys. Yeah. He wasn't which was his idea, this, by the way. I know. Which was his idea. It wasn't like this Adonis walked in off the fucking road and said, I will be this this guy and lead this band. No, 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 no. Everyone said, no, you won't either. You will not. Yeah. You're an asshole. You should host game shows or work at a and disco. And then he becomes the best. He becomes the best. Right. So and, how do you figure that? How do you figure that? Like, put that against what we were just... I was just yelling about Bon Jovi. I don't want to bother you with it. But like, Mr. Fucking It's All Good For Me All The Time, fuck nut that he is, compared to what Roth had to deal with. Right. Well, and just from a songwriting standpoint, Aaron... Oh, please. Yeah. Well, well, this might be the best pre-chorus ever for this song. Thought you never missed me till I got a fat city address. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Non-stop talker, what a rocker. Yeah. Yeah, and to have and to it's have the so nuts great. to sort of do that sort of jivey patter, it's just so like who was talking about Fat City at that time? You know, like, I know it's so great. To, that like, to him, it's like such a, yeah. it's such a great the pre the chorus the pre chorus is better than the chorus. It's just well, so they, he's fucking talk, he's coming from like all of his beautiful influences, everything you know, yeah. it's like just, a Raymond Chandler book to right. you know Little Bo Peep to fucking uh, the Commodores, like all happening here. And like mm-hmm. and by the way, that riff that Eddie's playing. Funky as fuck. Oh, yeah. It's it's a fucking dance band. Mm-hmm. It is, you know. Ugh, and, and, damn and, it. and don't forget that this record in particular is dark. Well, it's the least selling record of all yeah. Van Halen records. And if you're a guitar player in particular, this is the one you idolize. This is the one. But one Van Halen one and this are the ones. And but this is the one where Ed finally said to Dave, all right, I put my fucking foot down. I'm making my record. And it's going to be dark, and it's going to be, and you're going to cooperate. And he did. Mm-hmm. And he fit into it, and this is the 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 achievement of this record. A lot of good songs in this record, but this is the achievement. Dave's playing the long, playing yeah. the long con he, on he this. Is, he is. <clears throat> but like, that's the only one, to your point, George, is the one, uh, this song even, where he, Ed says, when I listen back, when I don't really listen to my songs, but when I do, yeah. this is maybe the only song of mine that's that gives me goosebumps today. Yep, nice. exactly. Where he, uh, it's no cover songs on this record. There's no, but this yeah, song, right? yeah. not the record. I know, not the record. I this know. song was that way for him. Where like it, and it's not as flash. No, and the solo is even sort of restrained. Yep. Let's hear more. Let's go. <laughs> That rhythm section. Yeah, I was gonna say is 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 it sounds like uh, it sounds like he's doing eighth notes on the on the or is that just because the bass is so beefy that he's doing them? Oh yeah, because it's 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 so you wouldn't the same way that like it's weird how 
any other drummer playing like Keith Moon would, would annoy the fuck out of you, but he pulls off doing fills through entire songs, like yep. ballads. Yep. He'll be playing a fill yeah, through it. Right. But, and the same way, like, you wouldn't expect a guy doing eighth notes on a kick drum to be funky and danceable, but this is, is. That, which is, which is why uh, Alex's groove is so fucking fantastic. Yeah. Maybe By the way, this song in direct response to the fucking sad sacks we just had to listen to, both of those fuckers, where Dave is saying, fuck you, I take it. Right. I'm fucking yes. taking yeah. it. Fuck off. I love, and I love how, the, how everything's kind of ragged. It's not. Yeah. It's not. You know, They're all singing together, but it's not perfect harmony. It's not. It's gag yeah. vocal. It's. Yeah. But it's, it's great. And it's also really crazy where like where Ed comes in on like it's the four and at the top and then it then it yeah. stops. Right. Yep. <laughs> it's so rad. Amateurs like. Like uh, Def Leppard, yeah, I said amateurs like Def Leppard. <laughs> um, ha- ha- they have oh, to geez. do these 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 big processed right. phony baloney vocals. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Yeah, perfect, yeah. yeah. Okay. To to make it sound like what Van Halen delivered. They made, they made this probably, whole album in two weeks. It's, it's, right. it's while they were all standing on fucking Schlitz malt liquor cans. <laughs> yeah, like right, it's yeah. it's probably just Eddie and and Dave and Mike just standing around one microphone doing these, these vocals, yep, right? Yep. And they just na- nailed it in one take and moved on. Yep. That uh, that uh, Mutt Lang has to build for for <laughs> forty eight tracks, yeah, for two weeks of, <laughs> right. of layering vocals, right, yeah. and that Dave has the foresight to put the exclamation point on Damon's point. That Dave has the foresight that in the breakdown, I'm going to fucking have some fun and right. do and do a bit in this <laughs> raucous fucking song, which is, again, to my mind about like, I'm fucking take you, you know, here's to your thin red line that I'm going to step over. I'm going to go get mine. Fuck you. Do not tell me that I can't fucking do what I want to do, despite my obvious limitations in your in your view. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to get it and I'm going to fucking win with it. It's like back in black. You know, we're not we're not dealing with it in beige. We're back in black. You know? <laughs> it's fucking. It's fucking. It's my inspiration. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. It's the best. It's and, and like put this on before kids of today. You got a test. You got to take. Fucking put this shit on. Oh yeah, I used to. <laughs> get, get, if you want to need to get spicy for the big game, yeah. fucking put this shit on. this being a highlight i mean they they must have been playing the song every tour this song was played i'm, I'm imagining yeah but i remember this being a highlight of the 2011 show oh yeah, yeah well dude. also this is one of the first uh when when mtv first started this was one of the live videos the live video i remember a that a lot of it this is the, they this, have that, that, from that show in oakland with yeah, right. this and hear about it later and so this is love yeah right yeah and so this is love exactly yeah. mm-hmm. glory days yeah, yeah. glory days And the groove behind that solo is absurd. I know, I know it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, again, like where Rush what is that? where Rush would do something like that, it would be sort of like precise and mechanical and it would sound more muso, and this just sounds rad. Yeah, this is fucking still grooving. <laughs> Don't get why fans and also eddie and himself and i think sammy talk shit about michael anthony i don't get yeah. i do not get that at all 
Well, it's all the thing that, that Ed told him to do all this is the whole point. That Ed said, here's how, here's what you to play. And I don't even know, Aaron, do you know that maybe... Even don't the, pollute this the, song Ed, with that okay, fucking okay, horse okay. shit. He brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that it, it's a drag. It's, it's a, a total it's drag. It's a befuddling that that Yeah, yeah that it exists. And, and, great, yeah. yeah, and he's fucking, he's fucking great. He's exactly what you need that yes, bass player yeah. to be in this band. You yeah. need that. You need him to do what Mike's doing. Yeah. Ask Kevin Sullivan, okay? Yeah. Right, yeah, Aaron? He'll tell you the same. Yeah, he'll tell you the same. <laughs> no, you're not playing guitar. Yeah. <laughs> he fucking knows. Yeah, he does. Kevin Sullivan uh, talked Michael Anthony into playing bass because he knew that Michael Anthony's dad had an acoustic guitar. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, exactly right, yeah. Everyone's surprised about it age-wise. It didn't work out math-wise, but Kevin said, don't bother me with details, bitch. Five, six, seven, come on! Fucking what Alex does to get out of that, dude. It's like a fucking rifle shot. The symbol mutes, right? Yeah. And the little giggle he does, he goes, hee hee hee. Is, that, so the top, rad, is that the top of the strings or a banjo? What is that? Is that the, is that near the head of the guitar no, or is that a banjo? What is that? <laughs> what, what's your opinion? I've always loved that. It's whole... just when he takes his fingers off the strings and it just and they continue to ring. Yeah, because he has he's has them depressed and then he takes his hand off. Oh, you think? Okay. And and the remaster you can hear it. I don't think that it's. I, I think don't it's a banjo. Hearing it that that it's not a banjo. <laughs> no, they brought a banjo. It's, in. A, it's, it's a me banjo. on my Glockenspiel. <laughs> Well, just to, to go along with the Western theme yeah. of, of today's right. show. Mm-hmm. By the way, the only thing missing from that outro was uh, someone saying yippee yippee <laughs> And we don't have cowboy hats. I just, if we'd known. <laughs> only if we'd known. All right. What a great uh, sorbet. Thank yeah, you for thank that, Yeah, thank you, Aaron. That really, I feel, I was feeling terrible. Like, and what, now what, I feel great. What a gift. After we tortured him, what a gift he gave us. He did. Thanks, Aaron. All right, people. You've been listening to episode 13 of Ear and Loathing. We invite you to go onto the website, earandloathing.com. There you can be re- redirected to our social media. You can find all, all, all the old episodes and check out the score, which uh, George has now pulled ahead. Yeah, a commanding lead, 5-4. Yeah, but so. uh, all the stats and everything are on there. I mean, like anything you want from a website and more. Is there. Is it's there. True. And go back and watch another, watch, listen. 
Yeah. To an old episode, they're all great. Yeah. Look at pictures of, of the of the Gitmo bros. Yeah. Sure. You know, do it yeah, all. Talk about stats. I know. Like studs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, bring some tissue is all I'm saying. Oh. Hey. It's good advice. So yeah, we're gonna we're taking this won't affect you guys listening, but we're taking next week off for Memorial Day, and uh, we'll see you next week, episode fourteen with the uh, of Ear Loathing, uh, Gitmo Bros, number one rockers forever, signing off forever. Bye. Ear and Loathing. Fuck your fanny and your face as well as your fanny face. I don't mind you playing it, but lower it. Tune in next week for more Ear and Loathing. End transmission. Goodbye.